everyone welcome back to the ati podcast barrett here solo to get things started today real quick as we get started today just want to let our listeners know that this past week we had a little bit of a technical difficulties with this roundtable discussion episode so anybody who joined us on twitch was able to see the live feed what you're going to hear today is similar quality to that Uh, i'm not normally a big fan of you know telling people how a watch is made rather than just telling them the time but we did feel it necessary to disclose to our audience and set the table for what they're about to hear today so due to technical difficulties what you are about to hear is not normally the audio quality at which we would present but we still wanted to bring our content to you all our listeners this month and it is largely listenable still yet so uh, with that being said we are going to be introducing you all to a new guest of the show, Danny King from It's Just Two Movies. We get into the platform at which the podcast is about with Danny at the open of the conversation. And I do encourage folks to check out Danny's It's Just Two Movies. If you're into comedy and you want to find maybe obscure movies or like those movies that are so bad they're good or entertaining or funny or whatever the case is, It's Just Two Movies is the route to go for you. It's Just Two Movies can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, itsjusttwomovies.com and see where to find and follow Danny King's podcast. We also welcome back Doug wicker to the show doug wicker is from search party pictures as you all may remember we had doug back a few weeks ago promoting his new film its short film that was debuting at the chattanooga film festival what happened to the others this film is actually going to be shown at a st louis film festival to which we promote promote as well on the show this week fortunately but unfortunately the show has sold out so they're not available tickets at the moment. So that's good news for Doug. Bad news for anybody who wanted to go and, and can't make it out in St. Louis to the showing. But much success to you, Mr. Doug. Well deserved. Furthermore, we have brought back Ridge Jackson, a routine cr- contributor to the show. You can find Ridge often on more specifically our Killers, Colts, Conspiracy series routinely. And you can also hear Brandon Stewart back on the call with us today, which Brandon is a routine contributor to the show. Speaking of both Brandon and Ridge, be sure to check out Waxing On with RJ, which can be found on Instagram. Waxing On with RJ, of course, is the up-and-coming underground music scene stuff that Ridge is promoting out there for our listeners exclusively to the ATI Podcast Creative Collective. There are videos on YouTube specifically. We just released the second episode last week as well. Joining Waxing On with RJ is a guest that you've heard routinely on the show as well. Jake Jackson, the babyface Jake Jackson, little brother Jake Jackson. So we will see Jake Jackson 
taking over as co-host on Waxing on RJ. We have also, of course, launched with Brandon Stewart, Knob Nard's Closet. Knob Nard's Closet is going to feature pro wrestling watch-alongs. It is also going to feature a new character to the show, Whole Boy. That is hosted by myself and co-hosted by Whole Boy, where we will do watch-alongs. And then also Whole Boy will be doing horror gameplay with his mother watching as well uh, on down the line so that has featured exclusively on the ati podcast youtube channel as well knobnard's closet be sure to check that out for semi-routine drops it is explicit content Uh, we do get very vulgar in language and it is for ages 18 and above so it is restricted on youtube you do have to sign in with an account and be of age to watch the videos. Mostly gratuitous violence type things are taking place and uh, we in character and satire are making some very routine and inappropriate jokes, quite frankly. So if you're into that brand of humor, go to Knob Nard's Closet. So without further ado, we're going to get to the show this week. Here is the ATI Podcast Roundtable Discussion with our five favorite horror movies to get you all in the spooky season mood. Hey, this is Josh from ATI Podcast. For show updates and news about the podcast, follow us on social media. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ATI Podcast 22, on Twitter at podcast underscore ATI, on Instagram at the ATI Podcast, on TikTok at ATI Podcast. DMs are always welcome. Have a question for the show? You can always email us at atipodcastquestions at gmail.com. Stay safe out there. Welcome back to the ATI Podcast, everybody. We've got a very exciting episode ahead for you here. We're going to be talking about one of our favorite things that we've talked about routinely here on the show, and that's movies, of course, and specifically horror movies. So we've got some guests with us today. I'm going to go around the room and introduce everybody. I'm going to start with the familiar faces. Me, Barrett Lewis, of course, as usual. Thanks to anybody that's joining us live on Twitch. We've got Ridge Jackson here in person, as well as Josh Welch. Hello, hello. Routinely to my side. We've got Brandon Stewart here with us as well, routine contributor to the show. And we're going to have back Mr. Doug Wicker here from Search Party Pictures. Hey, guys. And we're going to get his expert opinion and view on some films here. (laughs) (laughs) And we got Mr. Danny King, new to the show. Danny King from It's Just Two Movies. Welcome, sir. Yo! How we doing, gentlemen? Doing fantastic, sir. Thank you for coming on the show. Been excited. Been trying to get you on the show here for a while and... And where I'm a fan of your podcast specifically, yeah. we've shared some of your guys' stuff on social media and stuff and tried to recommend yeah. folks and played you guys' yeah. trailer on our show and everything. So you guys are doing happy, a lot of fun stuff over there. Happy, happy, happy to be here. Sorry it took so long. I um routinely spend too much time playing with myself. So we have to get a lot of time for uh, for guest spots. I'm doing it right now. Yeah, I got a multitask one. That's why we got oh, the camera panned at a certain angle. Fair, oh, okay. That would be a perfect time to advertise our sponsor, Cake. Cake, <laughs> lotion that you can use with one hand and it melts to your member. Cake. Yeah, cake has become a routine sponsor on our program. So, uh, Danny, before we get into our list and stuff, I just want to take a moment to talk about uh, your podcast, kind of what the concept of it is for anybody that's joining us and not familiar with what you do on It's Just Two Movies. Yeah, if you could enlighten me as to what my show is about, that would be very helpful. We've done almost <laughs> 95 episodes now and we're still trying to fucking figure out exactly what it is that we're doing. I, I, the way that I've described it to people is that you do pick out two movies comparatively and some there's some linking change, whether it's a pun or play on name, 
or uh, a commonality like theme per se or or something of that ilk? Uh, is, yeah. is that kind of describing it, giving it justice somewhat? Yeah, I would say what we normally try to do is like if you you pick a movie that you really want to make your friend watch that they just for whatever reason have never gotten around to watching. So they now they have to watch it as homework and then you get to sit down and have this discussion. Uh, but also, if you've ever just watched something that was so bad it was good, like something your girlfriend almost immediately vetoed, that yeah. is the other half of the show. We try to pick something like that, uh, you know, and just take a big old shit on it and have some beers and have Hell yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude, it's a, it's a phenomenal format. I really do enjoy it, and and, and I hope you know, people do check you guys out. And yeah, yeah, man. Is, that, sounds, uh, that sounds great. It's just two movies.com. We have a dot com. Mm. Oh, damn. Moving on, bro. Look at you. You got oh, that from what Trump did? Trump tried to buy that one up with the, the peeing on the faces. I will, sell it. It I will sell it for him. Yeah, there you go. Dan's so, the reason why the dot com boom busted. Yeah, <laughs> we have you to blame. Thanks, Danny. Yeah. So, Doug, uh, you've got some exciting things in the work now. I know you've got a film festival come up in St. Louis where you're going to be showing uh, what happened to the others there, right? And yep. um, but that film festival's already sold out. So, nonetheless, uh, let's talk about it. That's that happening? It, it did. Yeah, it's a first year festival. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's a first year festival. So it's actually ran by a guy, Paul Hibbard. Just kind of like, you know, it's all the local film communities really having like a moment of like things are really starting to coalesce. A lot of filmmakers out there, a lot of opportunity to really like, you know, help program and push local talent, connect a lot of people. But also more importantly, like really just kind of help create a foothold for genre film in the St. Louis area. Like there has hasn't really been a dedicated film festival for horror in the area. Sure, you know we have you know like St. Louis International and the and the filmmaker showcase and everything like that. And you know while they accept horror films to curate something so specific and so uh, in tune with genre and seek out films that maybe wouldn't really be considered or maybe would be overlooked by a certain type of audience, but to bring this all together. And so uh, the festival is called Hysteria Fest. Yeah. And he's teamed up with Arkin and Cinema in Bevo Mill area. I don't know if you guys know that area very well, but it's it's uh, kind of in the South County part of St. Louis. It's not yeah, too yeah, hard yeah. to find. Absolutely. And they're a really cool little uh, theater. It's it's a micro cinema. It's not super big, but you know, they uh, they're relatively recently opened up like maybe the last like really like right before COVID, they bought the theater and started renovating it and doing all this work and then COVID hit. And so they could only really work out of their back lot. So they've been, you know, re renovating and trying to finish the front end of the theater to get everything ready to open it up to be a more traditional cinema. Cool. But they have really, really outstanding programming, honestly. Like they take chances on stuff. There's things they play that I'm often like, wow, God, I'd die to see that in theater. Like I have a, yeah, I just, you know, like what a great opportunity to go see this. And then they also have the, uh, you know, series like they have Drinkless Cage where they play a Nick Cage movie and you just get hammered while you watch it. You have like a bingo card for all the things that Cage does during the movie. And yeah, man, like, you know, and it's the Cageisms. It's the things we love about, you know, yeah. the, the one the you had, you know. Right. Absolutely. And, Got a uh, film. But yeah, so it's it's going to be a really great opportunity to uh, check out these films. Yeah, it sold out much faster. I did honestly, I can even say sold out faster. I, I didn't expect it to sell out, but it did, and that's a really cool thing. Except for the fact that it's like I don't have any room or any sway to get anyone else in there. So, <laughs> yeah. 
I've been like, you know, it's like, oh man, hey, how many people can I, you know, can I get in on guest list? And I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, that's fair. Like, I don't want to be like hogging up seats if I sure. get people off the street. Well, they're being a, a smaller cinema too. I'm sure they're pretty limited on what they can do in the ilk of Yeah, I'm, I'm not certain how big the seating is, but I know it's not like, you know, it's not like 10 people or 15 people. I think it's somewhere like 40 to 50 maybe that the capacity is. Hey, Doug, wow. is that your way of telling Danny that he's not invited to your screening? It's it's the long way around. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like I tried to get certain people into this, but, you know, I mean, I'm not a big deal yet. I took off work. I sc- wait on that. Yeah, I scheduled vacation because we're going to go to the, uh, the horror trivia night thing at the Heavy Anchor. Hell yeah. And then yeah. The, the following day, we were going to go to Hysteria Fest. And it was like, oh, you can buy tickets at the door. And I was like, oh, all right. Well, I'm not really sweating it. It's 20 bucks. We'll get it next week or whatever when we know for sure who's going with us. Fucking yeah. sold out, which is great. I mean, I like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, i thrilled for that. That's fucking awesome, man. But uh, right. also, I wanted to go. So, yeah. To my, to my knowledge, this is this event selling out two nights. It's only the second time that it sold out anything. I, wow. I might wow. still go and see if anybody's scalping. <laughs> probably, yeah. probably not a bad idea. I mean, yeah, I sounds keep, like you know, Danny, I'll keep my eyes out for you and see what's going on. Yeah, I'll totally keep my eyes out for you, Danny. It's no big deal. I swear to God, this is the guy his camera right now. But, but yeah, he's like, he's just like oh, jerking yeah. his dick right now. He's just like fucking. Who gives a fucking shit, Danny? <laughs> Forgot about that. Let me get back in there. <laughs> <laughs> Again, uh, sponsored by Cake, a masturbation. <laughs> yeah, the the night in between the twenty first horror trivia night. It's open to the public. It's adjacent to the to the festival, so it's like a lot of us will be there, kind of kick it and hang out with everybody. And you know, uh, it's like it's super cheap to get in. It's like five dollars a team or ten dollars a team. I've done it before. It's been a little bit. Late Night Grindhouse, and, uh, you know, your former guest, Andy Triefenbach, hosts it with Jeremy Jones, who's yeah. also a guest of Danny's. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they, uh, they co-host it together. It's a super awesome event. Like, you know, I there's times I come in there, you know, and I was like, I know, I know horror well enough. I feel competent. And then there's plenty of opportunities where I just, like, eat crow in front of everybody where I'm like... <laughs> I was like, oh shit, I guess that is from House on Haunted Hill, 1999. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, yeah, it's challenging, but it's a total blast. So yeah, like if you guys, if anyone's interested in that, that's totally worth coming and checking out. Hell yeah, and I also I know that they do the screenings there adjacent to um, the Heavy Anchor as well. They do movie mm-hmm. showings and stuff out there on the occasion, which is really cool setup, kind of yep. like a gravel lot with some outdoor seating and Somebody yeah, running like yeah. an old school receiver and speaker system outside. Yeah, that's cool. Yep. And Heavy Acre is literally next door to Arkin and Cinema. They're just like really walk out the front right. door of one and it's right next right. door. So it's a super, super easy kind of evening. Parking is like pretty much free right. all around that area. So kind of a thing like you feel like, well, you know, parking's a half pulled. Right. There's a whole lot next to you that you, you know you just gonna have all sorts of room to do what you want to do. Doug also is saying that there's no there. excuses, everybody. So yeah, no, no excuses. Even though it's sold out, yeah. it, there's no excuses. Yeah, to show up to a sold out show, no excuses. <laughs> Stand in line. You at least break down the, the doors, party. batter down like any humans that are in front of those doors. 
Mass chaos just to see. Cut in front of Danny, if you see him, make sure you cut in front of him. Yeah, yeah. Stab him. I mean, he's stabbable. Yeah, and then just be like, uh, "Sorry, we don't allow your kind in here." (laughs) (laughs) Just fucking fat white people. Bet I bet there's fat white people in there. Uh, I was gonna say like half of the audience in this room. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty, so everybody's here today to talk about five horror movies. I labeled it as five favorite horror movies. But, you know, it's really difficult for me to narrow down a list of five of anything in general. And to say five favorite horror, I'm sure that there's things that we're going to look back on and slap ourselves over for not having it on the list. But also the idea here is having the array of people on on the call today and, and our roundtable discussion is that we are going to provide that cavalcade, that, that smorgasbord of selections. And uh, so hopefully we're going to get a little bit of a variety for you folks here today, our viewers, our listeners, and maybe you're going to hear about something you haven't heard of them. And of course, there's going to be some classics on the list that everybody's probably familiar with, but hopefully we've got some, uh, some real obscure picks for folks to check out too, and maybe end up finding a new favorite actor, director, uh, subgenre of horror specifically, but you know, it's spooky season. So we got to get it, got to get with the tradition, everybody's. Mm-hmm. Where uh, yeah. I'm going to start things off for everybody and just kind of talk about how I had to narrow down my five. And I, I just tried to kind of segment it into kind of comfort horror films. Uh, if you listen to our show last week, Andy Triefenbach, our guest, we kind of got into a talk about comfort horror films, what the things that we go to routinely. And so some of the things on my list uh, reflect that, but also variety. So I'm going to start off with my first one, and it's a traditional one, and that's going to be the original first, Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984. To me, it is a top 10 film of all time, in my opinion. It's shot so beautifully well. The acting's there. The character acting of Robert England in particular is just top notch. I feel like he is the standard bearer for, and often Nightmare on Elm Street gets kind of lumped into that slasher genre. I think that he is of the best characters in the slasher slasher genre. Iconic, can't be replaced. You know, they tried to redo Nightmare on Elm Street a few years uh, a few years ago uh, in the 2010s decade. That is, and uh, and not to speak ill of the attempt there, but it wasn't Robert England. <laughs> right. So. What you, you what you? I'm I'm curious. What do you think of uh, Richard Brake as Freddy Krueger? I don't have any problem. I didn't really I, I have a problem with it. That I didn't have a problem with. It was Jackie Earl Haley, Danny. Jackie Earl Haley? Yeah, Jackie Earl Haley in the movie. Yeah, Yeah, I I love his voice uh, for it. Do they Yeah, the guy from Watchmen. Is that a guy that looks like Richard Brake? Who am I fucking thinking of? They're they're pretty similar. I could see I could one hundred percent see how you make. Yeah, Jackie yeah. Earl A. He was yeah. the he was the cat in uh, Watchmen. He played Rorschach. He was Rorschach, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Which is crazy because I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, no, that's Richard Brake in Watchmen. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like one of those Mandela Mandelaisms, and uh, it's kind of like the Dermot McRoney and Dylan McDermott discussion i think i think this i think this is a prime time to call out your wife yet again and tell the same story about how she believes michael clark duncan is the same as forrest whitaker is the same as who else michael clark duncan forrest whitaker and Lawrence fishburne she was getting all mixed oh no (laughs) in their various roles across cinema she's on the chat she's probably gonna grill me right now for telling it and maybe michael clark duncan yeah maybe you know it's like two guys passing like if you squinted your eyes you can mix them up 
But Forrest, Forrest Whitaker, man. There's no replacing There's no replacing that man. But yeah, yeah back yeah. to Nightmare on Elm Street, the, the iconic things from that, um, you know, more specifically the rhyme, you know, one, two, Freddy's coming for you, three, four, better lock your door. You know, that that just sticks with you. You know, it's a childhood rhyme tweaked for the film, um, you know, as well as the kill scenes. I mean, they're iconic. Uh, you know, the one of the first kill scenes and you really don't get the whole concept and, you know, the idea of what's going on quite yet, especially if you're watching it for the first time. Uh, whenever the couple's in the bedroom and he starts rolling up on the ceiling and and dies uh, that way, you know, it, it looks like, you know, it almost looks paranormal what's going on there. You know, the scene with Johnny Depp when he's in his room. You know, one of the first groundbreaking performances for Johnny Depp, if you will, sitting there with the headphones on, listening to the record. And, uh, you know, that that scene, the iconic scene with uh, the girl in the bathtub and the the scissor hands come up and through the water. Like, you know, that's that that is of the most iconic shots ever in cinema. If you show that that little reel, everybody knows exactly what movie that's from. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my argument for that. I would agree. I would agree. A lot of the stuff in this, like for for this, uh, you know, the, this movie from 1984, the budget's like 1.8 million. It looks phenomenal right. for 1.8 million dollars. It looks Absolutely. great, and it it turned out in the box office 57 million. So that was Damn, that's, ex- yeah. that's explosive. Yeah, like that movie has had such a reach and longevity that's incredible. And you got to think the merchandising subsequently that's happened, obviously tons of sequels, you know, the, 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 the film speaks for itself. Just, right. you know, if you haven't seen it, watch it at least once. And even if you're not a big fan of horror, there's, you know, cinematic, you know, technical aspects of the film, how they arrange the characters on scene, the lighting treatments, how they shoot things in certain situations, the alleyway shot with Freddie walking down the alley, alleyway with a silhouette. I mean, that's just, it's iconic. So. Yep. So yeah, I mean, real quickly, like that, yeah. the, out of the big three, the big slasher icons. Even though, like, I love all of those for different reasons. Like pound for pound, like Nightmare on Elm Street has some of the best imagery of all three. Like, oh, it, elicits, sure. it elicits such a like perfect dreamlike quality. There's so many moments and scenes that are um, just like you know, Halloween and Friday the Thirteenth never reached the artistic heights that Nightmare on right. Elm Street did in that first film. Totally, in the like practical effects. I mean, yeah, right. in the daydream sequence with uh, when she sees the body bag coming driving right. around the, yes. the, the school, it's it's just such a like perfect moment. And you know, like you said, Robert England is Freddy. He's got a personality that you know you can't just swap him with anyone. Like it's a, it's just uh, it's just like a perfect film, really. Well, and you see the genre still paying homage to Batman still to this day. Right. I mean, he was in Stranger Things. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's still a recognized face of horror Absolutely. to this day yeah. in modern times. Yep. So. Real quick, I watched another movie with Robert Englund like two weeks ago. <laughs> he was in uh, Lake Placid versus Anaconda. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, that sounds like a must-see. If you're if you're curious what the best part is, it is just Robert England is the best part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, best yeah, part. yeah, yeah. I have no. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, that's a doozy. I bet it just sounds yeah. like a good hangover movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, don't yeah. want to be alive. Mindless. Just right. throw on something mindless entertainment. Insane. Sure. 
So, Danny, with you being the first time on the show, I'm going to hand it off to you to give one of the films on your list next. But I'm going to go ahead and try to ruin one for for maybe somebody else. I've got The Exorcist, uh, directed by William Friedkin (laughs) and 1973. (laughs) Uh, So this is a movie that I classically have been like, if you think that you're into horror movies and for whatever reason you've never seen The Exorcist from 73... You're you're fucking wasting your time, man. I was like, my kid, my kid, I love sharing things with my kid. This is one I probably should have held out a little bit longer because uh, <laughs> oh my god, it fucking terrified her. And we we How old was she when you showed it to her? Uh 12. And wow, so this yeah. this oh, okay. pets, I think it's a good age. Jesus, fuck you! And she's she's blasting herself with that crucifix in the yes. in the vagina. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's a good age. I don't know. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. Uh, yeah, about that part. Just a, just a, yeah. Well, there were some other ones that I'm like, uh, this is probably like that's uh, walked yeah. right up to the line and just kind of puts its toes over of what's probably not appropriate for yeah, for a child right, age. Yeah, right over. But I watched all kinds of weird shit like that when I was her age. And this is right. one that like yeah. straight up, I, I was a very, very young, like atheist where I'm like, eh, this religion stuff is just not for me. Uh, but this is one that like had me kind of second guessing myself at a very yeah. young age yeah. and be like, God, it was just so fucking terrifying. Right. Uh, uh, acting's fantastic. Character arcs are fantastic. Uh, the guy they get to play the, um, uh, what's his name? Father Daniel. Um, I don't have it. Father Daniel. While you're looking at that, uh, I'm just going to mention that I had it on my list as well, and I'll I'll pepper in some of my opinions here momentarily. That's a Jason Miller plays Damian Carras, and uh, man, he just like as a like him being for me watching this and being 12, 13 years old, and seeing this guy that's like in his 30s or 40s, and he's a priest. He somehow is super fucking relatable, which I think. To to be able to make a character that's so different from the type of person that I am to still right. make them that relatable, right. that's that takes talent in writing and uh, and and also in, in the performance itself. I just think it's a great movie that fucking stands up. Practical effects look great. The Absolutely. girl's fucking terrifying. The story's Absolutely. fucking terrifying. Good flick. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, Linda Blair is uh, her her performance is iconic in that as well. And you know some of the imagery in the scenes that you talked about in particular are very controversial. Uh, so I grew up in a very strict uh, UPC household with uh, apostolic teachings. So UPC mm-hmm. is United Pentecostal Church. Apostolic is particularly a line of holiness uh, implementations, and it's an extreme Christian faith. And uh, I, I was coming, becoming a teenager, coming into my own puberty, all that fun stuff, yada, yada, questioning things. And this is a film that I saw at a very you know, pivotal time in my life. And I was just going one foot out of belief and going into, you know, atheism and that sort of stuff. And this film scared me right back over the line, back over to Christianity for another six to 12 months. It, it, scared, it yeah. only scared him because he was intrigued by the cross and the puss. I mean, right, absolutely. it was only the only reason is because he was like, I had a weird boner. I had a weird right. boner. What can you say? So and my mom had such an issue with like my dad showing me this movie and too. like, it was just, it was kind of a Pandora's box of just unsettling 
and controversial cinema that I would eventually get into, you know, so it was kind of my gateway drug, if you will, for a lot of other fil- films, like, you know, my, my seeking for films like 120 Days of Sonoma, Cannibal Holocaust, you know, and on down the line to things like Antichrist in particular, or yeah. uh, watching a human centipede or a Serbian film, not to say that they're the same type of movies, but they definitely elicit that weird guttural feeling like, I shouldn't watch, but I'm going to keep watching. Like you see a bad car wreck down the highway and you know somebody's dead, but you mm. can't look away. Right. Like you know? one of those. Yeah. Anybody else got anything they want to add to the exorcist before we go on to another pick? Yeah, just two quick things. Man, a real, one time I there was something, I, an interview I was listening to William Friedman talk about when he went to film the movie Sorcerer, which was his follow-up to Exorcist, which if you haven't seen is fucking honest to God, like an incredible movie that if I can give you one takeaway from our entire conversation today, go watch Sorcerer like as soon as possible. It'll like fuck your world up in the best way. Is it it's Sorcerer or the Sorcerer? Just Sorcerer. It was made in 1977. Came out the same weekend Star Wars did. Oh, nice. But <laughs> it's it's one of the most stressful non-horror movies you'll ever see. Yeah, same, whenever he uh, went to scout locations for that movie, he was coming into this little Mexican village where they were going to film and on their way in, it was him and his crew driving in. And he said there was just hundreds of Mexican people with just shit on their shoulders, just walking like the opposite direction. And he kept passing hundreds of these Mexican people, just kept going, kept going, kept going. And he said, what, what's going on? Where, where are these people going? Is it like a holiday or something? And they go, no, we, they heard the director of The Exorcist is coming. Oh, <laughs> oh. Wow. Yeah. So that, and then my second piece is there's a very fucking insane movie with Jason Miller called A Dog Named Vengeance. Yes. It's basically, hell yeah. It's basically, it's a movie where, J, movie where Jason Miller breaks free, kills a, kills a uh, corrections officer on his way out of jail. The entire movie is that correction officer's German Shepherd chasing him. Yeah, for the entirety of the movie, even hitches yeah. rides and shit with people to catch up to him. It's one yeah. of the craziest things you'll ever. I see. have two German yeah. shepherds, so Absolutely. I'm all about this movie. Yeah. Now. <laughs> it's on. It's on Tubi. It's a fucking nutso. It's a riot. Movie. It's a riot. It. Yeah, for sure. But that's that's it. I mean, there's so much to say about Exorcist, but we don't have all night anyway. Uh, Doug, what what movie you got on your list, brother? Okay, my number five. It, it, first off, I mean, it's no in particular order. Right, mine's the same. Yeah, and I also really just want to stress like how fucking I have like I came up with a list of ten. The other five are definitely like honorable mentions of note, like huge notoriety. But this is the five I've settled on. Is like if you had to force me to only give like five recommendations to someone, like to summarize my favorite taste the movies. Number five would absolutely be uh, Mike Doherty's Trick or Treat. I feel like the movie does. It's such a fucking delightful movie, front to back. It's so whimsical. It, it to me, is like the perfect Halloween film to capture the spirit of Halloween in a nutshell. Yeah. Like, the mischief, the mayhem, it's all there. Like, it doesn't take itself overly seriously, but it also, ha- you know, just has a lot of fun until it's time to, you know, have business. It right. covers so many, you know, as an anthology, it covers so many t- different types of films. As one of the best musical scores I've ever heard, I'm obsessed with. I never get tired of hearing it. Uh, absolutely killer performances all around. Great gags, great effects. Like I, there's, I can't talk enough about it. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think for me, real quick, because I know Barrett's going to go into a. He knew you were going to pick this thing. Um, <laughs> I think so, it's, so it's, let's, 
So the one thing for me is I definitely I'm on board with that. I think trick or treat is definitely something I play every Halloween, just like I play uh, National Lampoon's Christmas on Christmas. Trick or treat is played every single year. And my son. So I bought a Sam that dances with this <laughs> uh, lollipop for my desk. And he loved it so much that I had to yank it away from his fucking mitts because I was like, get the this is my Sam, bro. <laughs> uh, so I bought him a $30 Sam that he carries around with him everywhere. Like wow. every fucking where, dude. I can't That's express cool. how happy that makes me to hear. Like, I love every time I get a spirit of Halloween every year and I see it grow more and more. I just like think because like the legacy of the film, you know, it was it was made. Then it was shelled for two years and then just dumped on video. And I remember yeah. seeing it when it came out because at that time, like, you know, I was in my 20s, had a little bit of disposable income. And I would just go buy these like $10, like Walmart fucking like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, like all of us, Dougie. $10 Walmart, like all of us. Walmart yeah. 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 And yeah. I remember, I remember picking that one up and like bringing it home, just kind of being like, okay, I don't know what to expect from this. And within like 20 minutes, I'm like, first off, this is a cut way above what I thought, like. Sure. Just the execution, like just in the first twenty minutes, was like, "Fuck, this is not a directed video movie." Like somebody was like yeah. coming in and then finding out all this like <clears throat> baggage about the film being dumped. They didn't know what to do with it, all this shit, and to just know that you know that cult following has just grown in mass every yeah. year since then. Like, yeah. Every time, every time you go in there, man, I see people like I was last time I was at, I went there when they first opened this season. And there was a girl just like right across from me, like in the aisles, and she was talking to her boyfriend about how it's getting re-released in theaters, or not even re-released, getting officially released in theaters. Right. Yeah. And right. that, and that to me was just like such an amazing thing. And I'm like, what a day to be alive! Where it's like, if you just love something enough, maybe it'll get a second wind. It's pretty. Yeah, I, I saw Trick or Treat uh, shortly after it came out. I'm glad and racism I, doesn't work that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right? <laughs> that's, that's, the new, that's the new Jordan Peele movie. Man. It is. Yeah. Yes, it is. Fair enough. I uh, I saw Trick or Treat shortly after it came out, and I was pretty dismissive of it whenever I initially watched it. You know, I went into it knowing some of the backstory that you gave. It didn't get a theatrical release and was direct to video. And I'll just be honest, like, there's a part of me that automatically discredits a film knowing that premise that it wasn't good enough pickup. There's always exceptions. Don't get me wrong, but automatically I'm kind of going into it with a negative mindset. And so the fact that I was dismissive of it, I never really, it never really sunk into me and I didn't really actively watch it the first time. So I didn't much care for it. Uh, when it comes to anthology movies, there's other movies that I would jump to first uh, creep show. Number Appreciate one. Uh, another anthology that I love to death is the three extremes J horror. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, it's absolutely one of the best, you know, how horror films that you'll ever see not on my list today, but worth mentioning. Um, but I will say I did revisit trick or treat here in the last four or five years. And I had an all new respect for it. And I do like it. Uh, it's just not on my list. So I've got it. I've got it queued up for this weekend because uh, last time I saw Doug, I was like, is it cool? Like I more stuff I can watch with my kid uh, because a lot of it does not lend itself to a child friendly audience. Sure. But uh, there's a handful of them out there that do. And Doug recommended that one. So we've got it queued up for this weekend. 
I mean, there's yeah, some titties think... in it. That, that's about it. Like, if you should yeah. deal with like 30 seconds of titty. Ah, they're looking at titties bad. anyway. So yeah. I could deal with yeah, a lot more than 30 but... seconds. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, to your point, yeah, I mean, as far as anthology movies, I mean, like, if that's what I was, yeah, there's definitely better. Like, you know, said, you said Creep Show is a great one. Um, I feel like the Twilight Zone, the movie is one that people actually don't really talk about as much. It's a sleeper. And, yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's fucking. I mean, I understand there's all this legal bullshit with it. I don't. I feel like it sucks that you can't mention it without mentioning that, right? And right. can't separate the two things. And it sucks because I feel like because of that, the movie is often buried a lot. And you know, yeah. like up until yeah. HBO Max, I'd never seen it stream. I've never seen, you know, and it's hard to find a Blu-ray of it that's not insanely marked up or whatever. Like, it's just a hard movie to get your eyes on in today's, you know, climate. And any tells, fans for Tales from the Hood out there? Yep, yep. <laughs> tales, of the, yep. tales from the Hood, oh, really good. Yeah. Uh, God, man, there's so many. There are some really Cat's Eye. I actually quite like. Yeah, yeah, Cat's yeah, Eye. Cat's mm-hmm. I'm actually going to rewatch some... that because it's on HBO Max. Uh, you know what? The last segment you're going to probably. How long has it been since you've last seen it? God, dude, probably intermediate years. I don't know, like. Yeah, yeah. Twelve ish, maybe. It's you'll, been a long probably, time. Twenty years. You'll probably like it Plus. a lot more because you'll understand what those adult stories are a lot better. Like I right, remember sure. I used to watch it a lot as a kid, being like, "Yeah, you know." Like, yeah. When you get older, you're like, "Oh, this is so pretty fucked up." Like, this, you know, like how we how we got to this place is not awesome. And then, sure. uh, of course, the general with the little Carl Carlo Rimbaldi fucking troll piece is really yeah. cool. You know, like. Do keep yeah. an eye out though, because I heard recently that someone else was talking about Cat's Eye, and they mentioned that there's a uh, multiple like Drew Barrymore's in every segment, and not just the first one, that last one. Oh, I didn't realize that. I guess, but I, yeah, I she, was like, in a very really shows up as other characters throughout it. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah, like very, very like almost hidden, like <clears throat> Lincoln, you'll miss it characters. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I need to throw that on again and see if that's the case. But yeah, so sure. that's. Trick or treat, man! I could go on for days. I love it. So, uh, so yeah. So those were all five of your movies, right, Doug? That was indeed all five. <laughs> <laughs> five all right, so we knocked that Doug. Well, we, I'll hilarious. see you later, man. I'll see you. Later. I'll see you later. <laughs> Adios, guys. It was good. <laughs> I, got, I got fifty bucks that says he's got pumpkin head on his list. Ooh, uh, I bet Brandon does. I'm gonna hit with the heavy hitter. Or I'm gonna go out with the heavy hitter. I picked a lot of mine based off of knowing the audience I was going to be around and the classics. I'm hitting on ones that I that really stick with me and that I can watch any day. The first one I'm going to go with is Baskin. Baskin is definitely, it might as well, in my opinion, be a Hellraiser movie. Uh, it's a practical, practical effect Indian horror that is, it, and it is, there's no... Uh, like humor to it that I'm aware of, it, at least in my culture. And it is straight up, I'm going to dig a knife into your eye and I'm not going to feel anything about it. And I'm going to make sure that I find the one that I need to carry on this this uh, message. That to me is very much a, took a lot of things from Exorcist in the sense that it, it could not exist without the Exorcist. Hellraiser, the same thing. So it practical effects, Short and simple. It's a it's a film that I can watch and create too, and put it on in the background. Yeah, I'm ch- I've never seen this. I'm like looking at it online, and uh, this looks this looks pretty sick. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's dope. And you think you'd dig it? It's a really good film. Yeah, yeah cool. at one yeah. point that guy was being rumored to take on the Exorcist. Uh, 
you know, yeah. to these more recent developments of what the of the exorcists that are coming out now. Speaking of which, we're on, uh, or not exorcists, excuse me, Hellraiser. Uh, speaking of which, we are on Hellraiser Eve, and mm-hmm. so it's, we're going to yes, be we are. our David Buckner Hellraiser be coming out on Hulu tomorrow. So I'm pretty excited about that. Had, had to mention that tonight. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. For so, sure. We were kind of discussing that before the pod and talking yeah. about some of the early reactions and some of the critics' reviews and stuff. Sounds like it's going to be pretty awesome. So, hell yeah. Should be a treat. Does anybody else have anything they want to add to Baskin before we move on to somebody else's pick? That I want to watch it? Yeah, I was going to say, I've never <laughs> seen it. So, I'm going to watch it again, man. It's looks so uh, it's excellent. Brad, yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna put that on my list. I got Sorcerer and Baskin. There we go. Uh, yeah, do not watch it with your daughter, by the way. Do not watch it. No, hey. That's one that's far beyond a lot of things that I would even... Yeah, I watched it watch by it myself. Yeah. Uh, I watched it by myself because like most uh, things that, I, that stick out to me, especially Antichrist, we'll get around to that on a different pod, but uh, I was there by myself watching Antichrist, and that scared the fucking living shit out of me by myself. <laughs> I can see so. that. Yeah. So next, I'm going to throw to Mr. Ridge here next to me. Ridge Jackson, what you got on your list, sir? Okay, so I don't, I don't know, I guess I have a couple classics, but mine probably not very artistic, and don't really have a whole lot to talk about them, but just mostly like what actually scared the shit out of me, or what I have memories tied to. Right. The... I can watch them over and over again during the spooky season, but probably my favorite horror movie that I can watch over and over and over again is house of a thousand corpses. Fuck yeah. Mm. Because like, I remember all the hype and like, we were, I was very young, like, Oh, Rob Zombie's going to make a movie. And like, that keeps getting shut down and all this and that, like all the years of it coming out and all the rumors that would come along with that. Like, Oh, it's, they actually killed people, you know, just all, you know, what I can't remember all what was going around that time, but that movie, I mean, it's quick, it's a quick watch, but just so much of like a lot happens. Movies yeah. Quick. Uh, like it's mark of a good yeah. horror movie for sure. I, it's almost an anthology in a way, like the way yeah. that they break it up in segments. Mm-hmm. Right. A little bit. But I mean, like first time, like when you see tiny for the first time, right. It, that just freaked me out. I'd never seen and you know him and because did he do anything before house of a thousand corpses or uh, he's been in several different things uh yeah. but he uh, had like a failed attempt at a wrestling career i want to say oh really yeah that's awesome yeah but um you talking about hills have eyes the original oh uh, um, no house of a thousand corpses yeah no, no was, but i think that that, that actor but never mind yeah, yeah, different, different guy. Gory, and then the other one is uh michael berryman yeah two different guys. gotcha i will i i will never not be terrified by like the that first like cut scene to Dr. Satan. Yeah. Like yeah. when I was a kid and seeing that I was it say the Dr. Satan reveal terrified me. I I had really be- I had a lot of trouble falling asleep that night. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a special relationship with House of the Thousand Corpses. That was the I think that was the first time I drove to Cape and we went to the midnight showing because my dad and I were calling around to try and find places that would show it. It was the first time I drove to Cape myself and my dad rode home with me so he could watch it. And we saw a midnight show in there. So I've got a lot of, a lot of good memories tied to that. And yeah. you've watched it a million times. Yeah. Day, Brandon, yeah. You know? And then devil's rejects, you know, yeah. Yeah. Out, love that too. On top of it, you know, those, those go together, like, you know, a fine wine and steak. Now, so. speaking of zombie, has anybody seen the monsters remake? I, I haven't yet. Yeah, I did. I did. I did. What do you think? I mean, be real with you guys. Like I, 
when they announced it, I Rob hasn't been hitting for me, man, for a good me while. Either. Yeah, I actually really liked Lords Lords of Salem, even though I feel like he fumbled the ending. Yeah, but everything else about that movie is like, I'd give it a good solid B, man. I feel like there's so much good in that movie. It just kind of falls apart there at the end, like he didn't know how to finish it, right? Yeah. But since then, like you know, like I was telling someone, like I listened to how he had. I read an interview or listened to him talk about making Thirty One, and he's like, I went into pitch some stuff. They said. They didn't want any of it. Like, do you have anything like the other stuff you've done? And he's like, I don't know. I just have this fucking movie, Pizza, Halloween, 31 Days, blah, 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 blah. And it's just how dispassionate he sounded talking about the film just turned me off so hard. Yeah. And then it came yeah. out, yeah. and I felt the same way. And then right. I did watch Three from Hell. It took a long time before I got around to it, but I felt the same way. It felt like kind of like whatever Kevin Smith's going through, whatever this, this thing is. <laughs> yeah. Like, whatever this is, like, like where you're just like you're doing it, but you just don't care. And I've, it's a lot of, yeah. I mean, dude, like for myself, like just that's a long time to spend working on a project to not have passion for it. Right? Yeah. Let somebody you know, else, like, let somebody yeah. else make it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So you know what I mean? When they announce when they announce monsters, I'm like, why do we need this? Like, no one in the world needs this. This feels Nobody's like a for it. Right. It's yeah, nostalgic like, only for him. I think that's yeah. the reason why. Yeah. I think it's yeah. only yeah. for him. But he doesn't have the box office draw to do that by himself. Right. He just doesn't care, though, I don't think. Yeah. It, yeah, where, well, I mean, it's, yeah. It's like for them to the right to check to let him <laughs> do it. Like, he hasn't had a hit in 15 years. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so for him to be, like, somehow, like, it got there. They made the movie. And I watched it. And I'm not fucking with you guys. I actually really enjoyed it. Same. Right. I, I yeah. really enjoyed it. It's, it's a fun fucking movie. Don't go. I don't, can't express, like. Just go in expecting like, just like a fun movie with like a little bit of like camp. camp. Man, yeah, yeah it's, it's like there's it's, not an edge it's almost, to be found. Yeah, it, it's almost like a carbon copy the old show, like yeah. a lot of it, uh, which I enjoyed. I, I used to watch the monsters yeah, on fucking yeah. Nick at yeah. Night or whatever at my grandma's house and some shit. TV land. Uh, yeah, TV Land. I watched a shitload of the monsters and I uh, was watching it and I'm like, okay, okay, all right, I got it. And I was about to fall off in the first little bit. And then they started doing some of the casting reveals, and I was like, holy shit, wow. That, yeah. That's a that's a great pick. Uh and yeah. then I, I just got a little more invested in it, and then they come with the, you know, like the slapstick, goofy, silly comedy, and yeah, uh just the whole thing. I was like, wow, yeah, this is like a brand new monsters. Yeah. Property and you almost feel like it even has the same people in it. Obviously, they're recast, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, from the seventies or sixties or whatever. Um, right. But yeah, no, I'm I'm with Doug. I I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. And I didn't wow. hear a lot of people complain oh. about how struggling to get through the first twenty minutes, but I actually really enjoyed the first twenty minutes. <laughs> it's I, one of the subplots yeah, is like that. Um, fuck, why am I drowning? Because I keep wanting to call her Sherry Moon, but I'm trying to remember the character's actual name. Maybe maybe that's why I've got fucking Richard Rick on the brain. It is exactly, yeah, I'm sure. But yeah. Lily Monster is looking for love, and like they introduce a Nosferatu kind of character, a Count yeah. Warlock, for her to go on dates with. It's actually funny as fuck. Like the just the oh, he was culture. killing me. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just like, okay, I wanted to hate this, but I fucking can't. Like I'm having a good time. Like I don't know what to say. But I did yeah. inadvertently, Danny, have a Richard Brake weekend because I watched that and then watched Barbarian, and he's in both of those movies. I'm like, look at uh, you, whoa! There you is go. Bar- go. Barbarian good? Fucking out- outstanding, yeah. Awesome, yeah, uh, huge, huge uh, Bill Skarsgård fan. I have yeah. another yeah. one of my picks actually. 
Hell yeah. I can just, hey, I Doug, can you, just... you and I, you and I need to have a conversation about Barbarian. Okay. But I'll say this about it. Don't ruin it. Don't watch, <laughs> don't watch any trailers if you can. Don't watch literally going as blind as fucking possible because that movie does things that it's like, I'm just going to say it's a fucking weird movie. It's very unconventional. But it's <laughs> a lot of fun. I'm about anyway. to. Yeah, it's weird. <clears throat> All right, Josh, I think you're the only person who hasn't given their uh, one of their picks so far, so we'll start with you soon. Well, again, like I'm similar to everybody else. Um, I tried to pick stuff that was like made me think of my adolescent years, anything that really stuck with me, anything like Ridge said that it made me have a hard time sleeping or, you know, stuff that actually scared me or some something I connected to my childhood. So that's kind of the direction I went. So uh, my first one on the list is going to be the Blair Witch Project. And I apologize if that's on anybody else's list. But uh, <laughs> that one for me in particular was uh, – it was good um, for me. The reason why I liked it so much was like, I guess, obviously the point of view shooting of that was a, a very new take Absolutely. on horror um, at that time, you know, in the late, <coughs> was that 90, 99, 99 when that first came person out. point of view shooting. <clears throat> and actually I didn't even see it when it first came out. I think I didn't actually fully watch it until me and you lived together in yeah. an apartment. And I think it was actually around fall and, uh, we had I had an old TV that had a VHS player, and he had it on VHS, and I popped it in, and we were hanging out, and he had got a phone call or text from his girlfriend or something. He's like, hey, man, I'm going to run out hang out with my girlfriend. You good to watch this by yourself? And I'm like, yeah, man, no problem. You know? <laughs> no problem at all. Go hang out with your girlfriend. Have a good time. He leaves the house, dude. He does this shit all the time. He 20 minutes shit later, I'm texting. Look fucking talking. <laughs> I'm texting. What are you talking about? <laughs> Captain Levy High and Dry motherfucker, He goes, hey, uh, let me suggest you uh, suggest you a fucking movie. Hey, watch it by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I start watching. I get 20 minutes in. I'm like texting Barrett like, hey, man, what time you got? What time you coming home, man? Like, uh, where you guys at? You know, I mean, it scared me that. And I was, we were like, what, 17, 18 at that time? Uh, yeah, you. I was probably 19. You're probably 17. And I mean, it still got me. And it was a film from 99. Yeah. So I have a lot of respect for that. It was a, a whole new take on horror. I thought um, I thought it was, uh, they took a chance with it and it paid off for them. Um, more so in the long run, like with the cult following. I think there was like, when it first came out, a lot of right. people were complaining about the point of view shooting and it was nauseating. And the the audio was another complaint I remember a lot of here. Yeah, but they paid like $5,000 to fucking make them. Right, the budget, yeah, and I mean, speaking of the budget, you know, the production of it, you have to remember it's a movie that's a product of its time, but it's also very groundbreaking as well. So we've talked about the first person point of view, yeah, shooting the found footage film that that started all that. You wouldn't have paranormal activity without this movie, exactly, exactly. And you have to also think that this movie in particular, as well, like the marketing campaign leading up to it, like they did a special on sci-fi, a documentary that aired before it released where they actually went around and talked to the townspeople about the, the Blair witch of amped Salem it <laughs> amped it up. Yeah, dude. Like they, it's they like proper marketing people that proper this was marketing. a real thing. Like it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's of the best marketing that's ever been done for any horror movie ever. And, and ever. almost comparable is smile. And that's another, like, I'm surprised by the smile campaign for sure. Like you have to mention like kudos to them. I don't give a shit about watching that movie. By all accounts, it's I'll got watch it. reviews. I'll watch it now. But the marketing campaign makes me want to watch it. I'll Fuck yeah! It. Well, I didn't want to watch that whenever I saw the previews, and then I saw the preview or I saw all that, and I was like, "Oh, I'm down." Yeah, yeah. 
Tony, hey, do you remember the name of that documentary? Because I, I remember what you're talking about. Oh, let me like, look it up. It was like a question or something. It was like, you know, who is, what is. It was. Yeah, I, I can't remember. Up, and it was um, kind of like alt outtakes and like deleted scenes and like yes. extra shit from the film. What, what he's referring and, like, to, actually, thought, yeah. I had a box set that I got from uh, fucking uh, the Dollar Tree, a VHS box set that had Blair Witch, it had the documentary, and it had Blair Witch 2 in it, which is horrific don't even waste your time with that that's bad then they tried to do a cinematic take for the sequel and it's it's bad but kind of going back to my argument earlier kind of like it's it's a product of its time like whenever they came out to accept the mtv movie awards i remember this was a big thing too the characters that died in the film where everybody thought this was real and that sort of thing came out to accept the award so that was like a huge like groundbreaker for everybody like everybody's like oh fuck they're not actually dead like they're getting yeah, me we were stupid we thought this you know, was real right. like they actually <laughs> duped people well, they at this similar, time they did a similar thing with cannibal holocaust and the director right. yes. facing yeah. for it. and yes. i feel like they did take a little bit from the playbook of that but i also sure. don't know how much is the case because I mean, it's a pretty obscure movie and they were pretty young yeah the did they did they watch that before yeah i agree I mean, it's like Cannibal yeah. Holocaust didn't come on radar as a film lover until, you know, the internet, really. You got to talk about accessibility, yeah. too. Like, like yeah. in 99, it's probably hard. And 99 is when that came out. So it was probably shot in 97, yeah. 98. Um, you know, it was a lot like we talked about low budget film. These guys did it themselves, essentially, you know, and, and forever remembered for it. But, yeah, I respect that pick big time. Like, I was hoping somebody would have it on their list today. Well, and you, I think the simplicity of it and it still being scary was what was so great about it. Like, I'm not, you know, the ending, I'm not going to ruin it in case anybody hasn't seen it out there that's listening. But, you know, it was just so simple and, but it was still, you know what I mean? It still was scary. So that's what sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like I still have to have the, that format. Like, I mean, it's like, I, I'm not one of these like guys that's like, oh, VHS, man, got it. But if you were to say, how, how do you want to watch Blair Witch? A fucking pristine 4K digital projection in a movie theater, or on a shitty VHS TV like VHS like VCR. It was built in, yeah, yeah, like a fucking 22 inch TV that's like going out. Picking the TV, man. You gotta have a little grandma ash on the heads of the tape in there. Yeah, just lost up in me. That movie needs that. It doesn't need to be. (laughs) It needs to be grinding. My next one, I'm gonna call out right now, is Videodrome. David Cronenberg, yeah. one of my all-time, if not my all-time favorite directors. Still not seen this one. Videodrome <laughs> is excellent, and I could give you a million reasons why. Uh, I'm just going to kind of stick it to the bullet points. It has th- things that I love about movies in general and that are kind of staples of David Cronenberg in particular. So it's got a lot of elements of body horror. What's <clears> really <throat> cool about it's got elements of sci-fi in it, uh, future dystopian societies. You know, those are all things that I like in movies. Typically, it's got James Wood, stars as the title character, who's a fucking nutter and a great actor. But present <laughs> day neocon. fucking piece of shit. So, present Ooh, day neocon, candy. of course. Uh, yeah, James yeah. Wood's school for Family Guy <laughs> watchers. Uh, Debbie Harry, who is an all-time celebrity crush for me. I She's an absolute smoke show, and she's hot as hell in this. Sexy as fuck. <laughs> Uh, I love you, but I don't get that. I don't get. I don't oh, that thing, you know Blondie, I mean? dude, come oh, on, wait a second, man. Blonde? Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait yes, a second. let me Debbie look. Debbie Harry from Blondie. <laughs> yes. Fucking um, eat my asshole. I, just because I'm not wanting to have sex with the same people you want to. Yeah, what's wrong with you? 
Uh, <laughs> How dare you? This was a huge box office flop. I think that they ended up making like two million. Damn. Uh, at the box, and it, the the film's budget was like six point one or five point nine, somewhere in that range. So it was a flop. They lost some money. Uh, yeah, she, movie, I'm not in. I'm not into her. It is a movie that has gained cult yeah. notoriety over the years. And uh, you're wrong, Brandon. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't care. It's a Criterion Collection. I've got that. I haven't gotten to watch it yet. My wife got it for me actually last Christmas, uh, UHD. So, and I finally got a PS5. So I'm gonna give it that treatment watch here eventually in this spooky season. But yeah, so David Cronenberg, if you haven't checked out any of his movies, like I, I don't want to tell you any one specific to start with, cause I feel like they're all great in varying ways, but video drums, not a bad way to start out. If you haven't, I feel like video drums is a good one for if someone just doesn't know how to, what to expect from, from Cronenberg. It's yeah. That's definitely a good way yeah. to start because, like, if I do yeah. these two words for yeah. you, then you're probably going to be good to go not to finish anything else. Right. Yeah, because um, Naked Lunch and everything else. I think it's a yeah. good starter step. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely back you up on that because the you, vagina chest cavity and the pulsing uh, cassette tape. Yes. They're very. Those are very yeah, standout. <laughs> Those the are very handgun. standout things in that mm-hmm. film. Yeah, in the handgun, which yeah. reminds me a lot of like fucking any of like the crazy maniac cops or nice. or like yep. or one of mine that I'm gonna bring up soon. It reminds this insane amount, but it's lit by this amazing drama thriller that is right. just the so story's enticing. Still there. Yeah, the story's yeah. still yeah. there for sure. And yeah, it's I mean, I would say it's. It's this or scanners. Like if you're just trying to be like entry level, absolutely. Bird, like because yeah. I, I feel like Dead Zone is an absolutely killer movie, uh, but it's not typical of what Cronenberg does. No, it's very mild for. Yeah, yeah I mean comparison. it's like a fucking great movie. I love it. But, absolutely. Yeah, it's like I feel like Videodrome. Like if you can take that, then bring on Shivers and the Brood and Rabbit. Like bring yep. it. And if you haven't Have seen you, Crimes uh, of the Future recently, that's a good. Yeah, movie. that's what I was gonna say. I was, I was gonna mention so. Crimes of the Future. Hell yeah. I liked awesome. it, except I'm for eating, eating guys, minus so. the twelve-year-old uh, boy weighing in it. I could could have oh. done without that. Yeah, yeah, that was unnecessary. I'm gonna hand it off to you, Danny. What do you got next on your list? I've got, I've got three that I think that that nobody's really seen. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on those. Uh, I do have X, uh, directed by T West, came out this year, 2022. Okay. Uh, is it oh, T yeah. West or Ty West? Ty West. Ty West. Okay. Ty West, I was like, yeah. I've heard both, but it always reads to me like T. So okay, Ty West. Really liked it. I'm looking forward to watching Pearl. Uh, haven't seen it yet, me so too. no spoilers if you guys have already caught that. I like, I like anything that can just take can take something as simple as like somebody walking up to a door and make it a stressful situation for me. He does. uh, Ty West has this really great way of like just building thematic tension where, where honestly, like if somebody farted, it would scare the shit out of me. Right. Right. Because you're you're just waiting for that other foot to drop and it being about the, the, you know, like the boom of the, uh, the pornography industry, uh, pornography right. industry moving to VHS in home. Uh, Cause he's like, Oh, it's not going to be just for perverts <laughs> anymore. People can enjoy right. pornography in the comfort of their own home. Right. right. Uh, so that, 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 that storyline of those people setting off to make that porno film, it already, you've kind of got one foot in this like um, taboo, kind of taboo like, territory. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And he does a, it's just a really fucking fun movie. The kills in it are so much fun. Yeah, Ty West is a yeah. director that gets the most out of the least. 
that's something that I respect a lot of, uh, about him mm-hmm. is he's very efficient with his uh, filmmaking and work. Uh, you know, like the sacrament is, I think is one of the most underrated movies uh, that's out there. It's basically a Jim Jones mm-hmm. unofficial biopic. Yeah. <laughs> but, I agree. Yeah. yeah I, I fucking be. love the sacrament. Uh, I, I, I don't think that there's anything to Ty West that I haven't liked ever since house of the devil, me and Barrett, I know Didn't for a fact. Did he do the Cabin Fever sequel? I know he was at least acted in it and, and, and may have written the script, but I think he was he in may Cabin have, Fever too. He may have helped out with it, but yeah. I mean, he had that little sputter too where he had that little moment in time where he didn't exist in the film world, but he... Shit, Man, Innkeepers just, is good. Innkeepers, oh, Innkeepers, Innkeepers is fantastic. Great. I actually liked it more than House of the Devil, personally. Like, oh, yeah. I felt like it, I mean, it House had of, its own unique yeah. like, uh, charm to it. Yeah, but, I uh, agree. But good pick. And healing, baby. Yes, and I'll, absolutely. I'll that I, I think that, you know, mileage may vary on his different movies, but I do think X is probably his best written screenplay, period. Oh, for sure. It, it just, you care so much more about so many characters as so much more dynamic. <laughs> and, you know, I always pitch it as Boogie Nights meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Ooh, that's yeah. Good. Yeah. 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 It's right. actually a really good Oh, for good. sure is. It's spot on. Yeah. yeah it's and Brittany nice. Snow, I mean, uh, that's, that's a, all around that's a crush for me since I was a kid. Doug, what you got yeah, next uh, on your list, sir? So, man, like, I was putting this list together. Like, I want a good mix of, like, its favorites, man. Like, what wowed me? What what was something that's, like, you know, I felt revolutionized the moment. And I really try to separate, like, I really try to think about that first impression. You know what I mean? A lot. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, not let, you know, like, years of, like, internet slogging on shit or, like, it being ripped off and copied to death affect the, my impression of the first film. Right, you know that or that film at the time I saw it, but I have to say, like, at the time I saw this movie, like, I really didn't think as an adult anything would ever actually scare me again. Like, you know, give you give goosebumps or creep you out, you know what I mean? Like, really, like, not just scare you, but to get to, to get the old fashioned fucking haunted house feeling back. Yeah. And for me, when I saw The Conjuring, that did that yeah. for me. Like, it fucking rocked yeah. me when I saw it. I didn't. I, I mean, I'd seen Insidious and loved it, but it seemed like he took that and was like, okay, like, now hold my beer. Like, I'm going off the next. I'm going to really pop you up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's essentially, to me, like, a absolute pitch-perfect horror film. Like, I feel like the, in the last 40 Definitely. years, I would say 30 years, in the last 30 years, there's few films that can go toe-for-toe and toe crack the way this one does. But I will say I do have one bitch about it, and it's like, I feel like, had you just excised that second Annabelle subplot, you know, like later on in the yeah. movie when they got a race home and fuck with Annabelle and blah, yeah, yeah. that's clear. That just reeks to me of like just, studio notes of like, hey, Annabelle's fucking like hitting really hard in the fucking demographic. Demo, like, I'm right. like, yeah. We can yeah. we get more Annabelle? Like, I can see that's that. what it reeks. Because that's what happened with the nun too. And that became very transparent as that's that, that whole world right. kept pushing out was right. how much of it was the studio was like, hey, we need, you know, more marketable shit. And that comes back to Annabelle to me to be like, oh, Annabelle must have tested really good. So they're going to add an extra scene later, even though it completely fucking like doesn't fit in the movie at all. Yeah. Useless, yeah. right? But yeah, I had, I mean, if that one scene was cut, that whole sequence was cut out of the film, you probably wouldn't even notice it's missing. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it you would wouldn't. make the movie infinitely better. <clears throat> and that's literally the only bitch I have about otherwise a perfect movie. 
No, I, I think it's a very That's respectable a pick. pick. And yeah, it's a very solid horror movie with little complaints, a little bit more modern in, in selection. I'm liking that we're getting some more modern movies too. So uh, yeah, Brandon, what you got next? All right. So I'm going to go for the root and tootin' a little bit different. Uh, these are going to be for the one. These are going to be combined, essentially. It might as well be a uh, TV show, but I'm going with Wolf Cop. Wolf Cop is a fantastic freaking flick to watch from the cheesy dick jokes to the <laughs> fart jokes to the uh, woman who is a Satanist having sex with a werewolf in the middle of a jail cell. It is legit motherfucking entertaining horror. And I love it. Did, I, did you guys cover Wolf Cop on your show? That seems like something not, that's right for the picking. <clears throat> For you. Yeah, we have not we have Wolf Cop yet, but I have I have like six different running lists at all times of stuff that I would like to cover, and one of those lists does have Wolf Cop on it. Yeah, uh, it is a movie that is near and dear to me. I think it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. It's oh, it's right in it's right in the pocket of like you know what Doug said. Fucking hold my beer while I we're just yeah. gonna make a movie about a werewolf cop, and he's 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 fucking. And then he's, like, <laughs> and he's also a werewolf. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. it, it is. It is endlessly charming. Yeah, yeah. love it. Absolutely. Anybody else got a, anything to add to the Wolf Cop discussion before we move on to the next pick for Rich? Just if you haven't seen that movie, guys, like it's a total fucking treat for the audience. It's it's definitely like one of those movies. that's just a fucking good time. It's hard to hate it. It's. Like going honestly yeah. to me, it's like going to see a fucking seventies rock cover band that just kills it, but also is completely self aware. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, a very good, good analogy. Movie. Very good, for sure. Rich, what you got next on your list? Bro? All right, my next one has to be Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Fuck yeah! This, that, the original. That, that, oh yeah, yeah, the original. Okay, yeah, yeah, the yeah that's five remakes. Yeah. <laughs> Like that's I was gonna say which one. <laughs> like anytime I watch that movie, it's just so it like the feel of it's so grimy. Like I mm-hmm. I feel like I need to take a shower after it, and I love. Yeah, they it. they have that like I don't know like they they filmed that so differently than mm-hmm. how so many other films were. Like I don't know how I'm trying to say. It. I don't know if it's the grain or like you it know. Certainly is yeah the film treatment. It, uh, I get what you're saying. You almost feel like you need to wash your hands after you handle the handle it you know what i mean Doug, do you yeah. recall what that was shot in millimeter wise it was shot in 16 millimeter that's what i thought 16. 16 so yeah so it gives it that yeah. that beautiful feel yeah, yeah it's like well, super 16 so it's actually literally it was like a kit the student filmmakers would use when they're starting right right, right. yeah yeah toe pooper obviously went on to do things like the poltergeist too he's a very good director but that's, you know like that is a fantastic horror movie uh you know and honestly, like there's other uh, Texas Chainsaw submissions that are have their moments, if you will, like uh, the Dennis Hopper one. I've, I enjoyed. Oh, oh yeah, just oh, for his Texas acting Chainsaw alone. Too. Yeah, yeah. And, what was uh, Matthew McConaughey? Yeah, two is such a fucking. It's just a blast because it's like right. I once described that movie because Hopper is so unhinged in that movie that to me it's like the closest thing to cocaine ever captured on film. Yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's just, yeah. I mean, it's Dennis Hopper. He's probably on cocaine. So he's literally fucking mad. I just actually ordered the Vinegar Syndrome 4K they're doing of it. Hell yeah. I, like, I, I worship. I love that movie. Hell yeah. Absolutely. To me, it's like, it's, it's examples. Is the first movie a better movie? Yes. But is it as entertaining as two? 
that's that's a dilemma. But yeah, to that yeah. to that point, Ridge Texas Chainsaw is on my honorable mentions. A couple weird details about that: Daniel Pearl, who shot that movie, is actually one of the only DPs to come back and shoot the remake of his own movie. Wow! Oh wow! I didn't know that. Yeah. And cool. actually, to get the job, like Michael Bay, they worked for Michael Bay through the 80s and 90s doing commercials and music videos, so they had a relationship. Yeah. But when they went to do that remake, Bay wouldn't hire him and acted like he didn't even know who he was for some reason. And he's like, hey, he's like, hey, uh, Bay would like to see your reels, what they told him. And he's like, just sent them a copy of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> awesome. That's the one that with Jessica Beale that Bay did, right? Yep, yep, and yeah. but he also went on to. If you could look at uh, Daniel Pearl's credits, he also had became like one of the like in demand music video uh, cinematographers. Like he still yeah. is. He's actually responsible for like all those Guns and Roses videos you love, and uh, <laughs> like basically like that really fucking hot like Madonna front light like beauty looking shit. He yeah. is who created that as well. Like that look that you see in all these music videos where like the singers are right up in the camera. Like, oh, yeah. he's the dude who defined that look but yeah it's he's just a fucking icon but yeah like texas chainsaw massacre bouncing on that it's a movie yeah. that it's just a movie that's like i don't know it could ever be made without the circumstances it was made with under uh i've been down to the little gas station in texas that they filmed that but they also have the van from that movie in the background <clears throat> And you can go back and look at it, dig around and do all this shit and like check it out. It's 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 surreal to look at. And it's such a fascination to me because it's just such a weird movie that it it he no one expected it to do what it did or how what it became. Right, right, it, right. It, like they just went out to make it because they felt the need to make it. And there's so much to be said about it. And right. like how you know it's crazy. It has this, you know, like grindhouse legacy when there's almost no blood with there's almost almost no blood in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost yeah. all it's, like you're like you imagining it. It's hard to pull off like broad daylight, two thirty yeah. in the yeah. afternoon, yes. yeah. on, on just a yeah. beautiful day yes. in a field. Yes, yes, and yeah. it accomplishes it. Yeah, it's cool. You're exactly correct. That's a very good point. And I, Danny, I talked sure. a lot with the. Uh, actually, I think I just went talked about this with Andy here not too long ago. Where I'd always seen that movie, and the transfers always sucked. You know, it's like really gritty and really grimy. When they finally remastered the fort, like the 40th anniversary Blu-ray, that was probably the first time I ever saw that movie how it was actually shot, and it's just honestly God gorgeous. Like you said, just broad daylight, the skies mm-hmm. are blue. That makes mm-hmm. it even scarier to me to know that it's like this could be just any perfect day. It doesn't have to be spooky yeah. or heightened. Yeah, you know, it's right. No, it's this, 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 yeah, this shit takes place on like uh like a river day. And yes, like a day, yeah, yeah. you know, throw throw a couple beers in the cooler and go stick your right. feet in the water. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And it definitely starts out with that party vibe, the yeah. bad trip kind of road story yeah. that sort of thing, and the story takes turns. So <laughs> I always like movies that kind of throw off your fucking you know expectation equilibrium, if you will. Yeah. And Texas yeah. Chainsaw definitely starts, especially you got to think about the time that it came out too. People first watching it, going in a little Hippie bit blindly. It's definitely one of those movies that benefited by a word of mouth and, mouth and cult following and reason it grew to the heights that it did. Josh, what's next on your list? All right, now don't don't throw stones at me here on this one, guys. <laughs> this one is definitely this definitely does have a cult following. You don't gotta keep apologizing. Uh, I know, but this one, this one you guys are probably gonna shit on. But it's okay. It's okay. I love Not it. Zombies monsters. No, it's uh <laughs> uh the sleepy hollow and hell no. Dude, that's good. Uh, I just no. rewatched that not too long ago. Uh, so I don't uh, mind that. Yeah, it's such I, a I beautiful, 
gothic-y, um, almost theater-esque, just well-written story. Um, I like the almost black and white feel to it, but then like when you get to the blood and the guts and the glory, it's really bright and in your Intense, face yeah. and surreal. Yeah, very, yeah. It's just it, it's it just feels like classic cinema to me. I guess. Almost. Well, and it's it's his Tim Burton. Yeah, mm-hmm. full Tim awesome Horseman, cast: maybe. Christina Ricci, Johnny Depp, Christopher Walken. I mean, you're talking about some really big names in cinema. So you got to think too. I mean, that led him to Sweeney Todd, which was gorier. Beautiful movie. Yep. It was it was the darker version of Tim Burton that involved blood, right? That's yeah. that's kind of got. I think that kind of got him. Like you said, it kind of opened the doorway for stuff like Sweeney Todd and stuff like that. Sleep, sleep especially for him. Yeah. yeah, October comes around. It's one that me and my wife always want to watch. Always want to have the kids watch with us. You know, it's just yeah, that's one that you can watch. For me, does ever, anybody ever remember as a kid watching the cartoon version of Ichabod Crane? Oh yeah, uh, the Disney, the Disney fucking thing, and yeah, I used to be terrified as that as fuck as a kid. Like, what the fuck? McDonald's this shit? had a did a limited time toys of that, and if you remember correctly, the headless horseman was like really cartoony, and he was had like a purple cape, and like oh, yeah. head, like on the inside, it was yellow glowing. It wasn't like blood and guts on his neck; it was like yellow glowing. And he had the pumpkin. Yep. That dude, was awesome. Dude had the most pronounced Adam's apple. Of, oh of my any god! Name yeah, <laughs> he looks like a crane with an Adam's apple for sure. Yeah, yep. those was pronounced. The production design of that movie is so fucking gorgeous. Yeah, it is. Gorgeous. It's a beautiful. It's a beautiful looking movie front yeah. to back, but yeah, anyway, sorry, absolutely, no, absolutely, I agree. <laughs> uh, next on my list is going to be a, a in, the, in the sake of going back to some of the more modern picks that uh, Danny and Doug had on their last picks. Get Out, I think Get Out is arguably of the best movies ever made. Like in my opinion, like it's definitely in that conversation for me now in my top ten. When anybody ever asked me about my favorite movies, I'm. I'm covering Get Out tomorrow, actually. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. So look forward to that. Thank you. I like that. I like that group. Hell yeah. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. You need, you need a little bit more of that on your podcast. Yeah. We'll, we'll give you some sound bites. <laughs> but yeah, Get Out. Jordan Peele, of course. Uh, so I have to kind of lay the groundwork here, of course. Jordan Peele was a comedic actor for years, started on Mad TV specifically. He was. I had the Key and P show. Yeah. Yeah, the the the, I know the second joking. iteration of Mad TV. <laughs> then he had the TMP show, <laughs> show. Excuse me, uh, of course. And then this came around, and everybody saw that Jordan Peele was going to start doing movies. He was going to do like a kind of a mystery box horror, is kind of how it was presented to start with. And really, all of his movies are like that, all the way up through the marketing campaigns until they're released. Largely, it doesn't reveal too much about what it's about or anything. There's a synopsis, but it's a loose synopsis that's put out. What you have to do with any movie release. But Get Out, there was so much mystery surrounding it. People were wondering, you know, what what it would ultimately be about, how good Jordan Peele would do in his, you know, initial ability or his initial run with any studio with a feature film, you know, and, and getting the budget that he was getting as well. So there was just a lot of uncertainty going into the movie for a lot of folks. And immediately it was a grand slam. The acting performances are top notch, even when with obscure actors uh, in, in many respects. He's got uh, Caleb Landry Jones, who I like from Antiviral, if you've ever seen that, which David Cronenberg's yep. son directed. 
uh, Brandon Cronenberg, but antiviral, I think, is a sleeper pick too. But Caleb Landry Joe is the star character that he plays the brother in this. He's a good character actor in this, the jujitsu obsessed brother. And uh, Daniel Kalua, who's starting to be one of the best actors. In fact, Jordan Peele named him as his De Niro, if you will. So he's been in a couple of films with him now. <laughs> he's uh, amazing. Lakeith Lee Stainfield, who's one of my favorite actors, hands down. Judah and the Black Messiah is also in that, which Daniel's in that too. Uh, yeah. Keith's also in um, Sorry to Bother You, which I think is one of the best like kind of dark comedy movies that's come out. Lakeith, man. Lakeith is yeah. fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, Lakeith's a great actor. And you can't go wrong with Lakeith as well. But he has just kind of a bit part in it as well. Catherine Kinnear is one of my all-time favorite actresses. She plays the mother in this movie. Her performance is stellar. She can come off like. as a complete bitch. Man. <laughs> she can play any character, dude. She she yeah. starts out, you think she's going to be a sympathetic character that she's going to end up being on the side, but turns out she's in, in on it as well, and she's just as fucked up as the rest of them. Uh, I think she's more fucked up in this film. Like, yeah, I fuck agree. me whenever the moment that that did happens. You, fuck. Did you, guys, did you guys watch that uh, Braver on Netflix? She's in that. No, I haven't. No, no. nobody. All right, she's no. uh, she's very, very fucking sinister in it. And when I when I'd watched it, it was something my old lady was into, and I was like, yeah, I just got sucked into it. And she's super sinister in it, and I was like, man, I have seen her fucking do this somewhere before, and it right. was it was definitely Get Out, but she's way more yeah. upfront about her malicious intent. You know what I mean? It's a it's a cool role for her. Yeah, awesome. and, and and Get Out deals with a lot of different themes, but for me to put it the most simplistic way in, in the sake of the show, and it's dark comedy that we implement sometimes around here, <laughs> of course, it's it's all about white people exploiting black people for their resources. It's when did that happen? Oh, when? Ever? So do we need when to go that... a history lesson? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Everybody that's watching yeah. right now understand that I'm uh, performing a thing called uh satire sarcasm and satire sarcasm. <laughs> so uh but yeah it's it's a fantastic movie and the reason that i love it too this is my other big point and takeaway is it it is all its own thing but while acknowledging and giving allegiance to films of old filmmakers of old there's so many nods to hitchcock to kubrick uh to polanski older filmmakers throughout that movie as well so many easter eggs I mean, I could, I we could just do an episode on Get Out in and of itself, but Get Out, perfect film, zero critique. I, I really couldn't bring any better film to the table for the discussion. Gives nods to non-controversial people like Polanski, yeah, uh, yeah you know, <laughs> who's uh, fucking little He's girls. No big deal. After his next movie, uh, yeah. That, which, Woody by Allen the way, what, what, Jesus Christ, yeah, it's both of them. I think. Yeah, I mean, both they're, of them they're, they touch little they, girls. Same issues. Same yeah. issues for sure. Danny, would you like to give your next submission? Yeah, you know what? I would. I would. I'm going to take a minute to uh, tell Doug to go fuck himself because I bet <laughs> he hasn't watched this yet. I've only told him to, I don't know, probably a dozen times. I think I texted you one night and I was like, hey, man, if you're surfing looking for something to watch right now, this is, your, this is your sign. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Bl Bloody Hell. It is uh, directed by Alistair Grierson. Came out in 2020, right, right at right at fucking peak pandemic, and it is it's a uh, I think it's listed as a horror thriller, and this movie has got so much fucking shit going on per minute. It's just, it's fucking bonkers. And the first time I watched it, I think we just like casually rented it at Redbox, 
And this was like at the point where you're like fucking like pandemic had just hit you like lice all the fucking red box before you go up to rent a movie. You know what I'm talking about? Touching it with your elbow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. And uh, we rented this movie and I was like, I don't know, just fucking being a lazy, you know, piece of shit, staying home, having showered in fucking four days. Let's watch this fucking movie. And man, I like started the started the film laying down on the couch. Ten minutes into it, I'm up, hands on my knees, edge of my fucking seat. Like, holy fucking shit! What, like, where did this come from? And it, I, I don't know if it even got a theatrical release in the U.S. It is fucking just absolutely outstanding, and I still cannot just get a Blu-ray of it. It's wow. it's unreal, <laughs> and I I fucking I want everybody to watch it and be like, holy shit. How did we all miss that. this? I'm yeah, but see it. yeah you, I haven't seen it. You can uh, you can rent it on Prime, but I am <laughs> I'm telling you, if you can find it and purchase it, it's worth a purchase because I've watched it like twelve times. It's fucking outstanding. Oh shit! Damn, nice. it is so much fun, man. The cast is fucking amazing. The production value, it looks fucking great, and the story, the story, and the way that it's directed. It's unlike anything else I've seen in another movie, and I watch a lot of fucking movies. I don't know that I've seen as many as Doug or the same breath as Doug has, but I watch a <laughs> lot of fucking movies, and it is—it's just got something. To what it is, but God, it's outstanding. Yeah, I, I really can't offer much to it because I haven't seen it. And yeah, it sounds like the rest of us haven't either. So here's the, here's well, the and, and Doug clearly hasn't watched it, uh, which is <laughs> you know the reason why he's a piece of shit and left early. Super offensive. Super offensive. So here's the pitch. Uh, This is like what you would see on the back of the DVD box. A guy, uh, an ex-soldier, I think he's a Marine or whatever, he's in the bank. People come in to rob the bank. He finds a gun in his lap, effectively, from another uh, bank goer, and he decides to stop the robbery. He goes to prison, ultimately, because of murdering people in a bank. And then when he gets out, (laughs) he decides he's going to go to Finland but he is captured on his way to Finland, and then it's a horror film. Oh, okay. It's you can't fucking, say I've, started, I've seen any movie like that with that premise, uh, dude. So. It's it's outstanding. There's cool. a, they, they do they do a bit where it's like him. He you know how you talk to yourself. Well, they 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 show it in this where there's like there's two of him on screen, but one of them is like his inner monologue, right? Yeah. It's almost uh, like it's a Smeagol Gollum type interaction exactly yeah they do it throughout the they do it throughout the film and it's done in a really brilliant way and i just uh i, I wish all you guys would watch it please watch it if you can we're better here. than doug we're better than doug and what take take his opinion over the director doug wicker doesn't let his friend into his own fucking film uh who he's done multiple podcasts with and also, uh, you know, has recommended movies to no big deal. No big deal. Let's move on to piece of shit Doug's uh, pants. <laughs> so I, I don't know if I got through. That's on. I uh, just got out of the shutter, Danny. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch it. Next up for me is so, like I said, favorite horror films, man. Like, uh, it's, it's so tough. Like I said, so many, so many. And, uh, I do this exercise sometimes where it's like, I'll come back to revisit something, say like the first Terminator, and I'll do my best to like unpack all the pop culture shit we've put on that. Sure. Like, you know, like all the fucking toys and comic books and movies and sequels and t-shirts and everyone quoting it. And I try to like just reset to zero and watch something again. 
with fresh eyes. Like I've like yeah, like I've never seen it. And for me, every time I've done that multiple times with Halloween, and bringing it back to like what that movie is meant to be, not the fucking you know endless supernatural killer, not the Jamie Lee Curtis subplot with being the sister with that with like none of the baggage. That movie is absolutely terrifying at its core. Because, you know, at the end of the day, if you take it back to what he is, is just this maniac, this this completely (laughs) mentally ill person that you can't understand their motives for what they do. Absolutely. To me, it's like if there's one thing that the 2018 like legacy sequel did that I think right was like absolutely fucking nailed that character better than any of the sequels ever did. That moment, that one, the moment, the one take. Tracking him all down the street during Halloween. He yes. goes in and out of the house. He kills that yes. old lady. Yes. Passes a baby. Walks out on the street. Looks at a lady dressed as a nurse. Moves on. To me, that Warner said that, that encapsulated how much the understanding of the character was there. Yeah. Because it's always been about you don't understand his motive. You don't understand his decision. The mental illness aspect like, of this yeah, character. The best way I've ever been able to describe Myers as like a, as a force of nature is he's like a shark you you just don't understand if he's gonna bite or not right and Absolutely. that to me he's a, makes him he's a dumber character he's a yeah. primal predator i mean that's just yeah exactly yeah. and there's thing and there's things about him that they also got right in that 2018 which is the weird sense of humor that he occasionally displays like putting on the ghost outfit or yeah. leaving the pumpkin like in you know with the bodies and just crazy shit like that you're just like what what is it's so irrational it makes no sense because I, I almost, in a I almost, mind frame still yet to say I almost think he trapped in a child child life I almost think he thought it was funny whenever you dropped the teeth in front of that that chick's stall uh, 100% yeah. I, I think he it's thought that that prey. was yeah. it was a I, game toyless prey that's what he gets off us, of yeah. from us as the audience and her pov it's absolutely fucking terrifying but you're right, Brandon, from Michael Myers' point of view, it was probably just another gag, like another opportunity yeah. to, to, to fuck with someone. So in a lot of ways, while the movie's called Halloween, it does play on that trick-or-treat theme so well because it's either going to go very badly for you or you might just walk away not even knowing what you just missed. But I feel well, like, you know, when you watch Assault on Precinct 13 and then you come to Halloween and then you, then you go on to his, uh, Carpenter's other films – there's something about Halloween that's so much more DIY and leaner and meaner. And it's definitely a movie with a point to prove. Yeah. And it can happen. Yeah. It can happen. There's there's influences at the time that have been ripped off ad nauseum, like uh, ripping off peeping Tom for the POV shots and little things like that. That like, you know, peeping, peeping Tom um, killed the director's career. Like he made that film and it was just done. He was buried. Right. But to know that, like, it influenced Scorsese and it influenced Carpenter, and that yep. that like POV shot sequence is now used so much, you yeah. know, that like creepy voyeuristic quality. Yep. And to just see that, like, through every frame of Halloween, like, you know, if you just overlook the little things, like, you know, in my opinion, some of the dialogue's a little clumsy, a little, some of it's, you know, so, you know, it's, but some of it's so good. And, to me, it's like, it's just one of those movies, it's like, you could talk about ad nauseum, and I know that it's like, it has been. But I think that the reason why is because it's just one of those that translates, you know, just general interest. Like common people love this movie for a reason. And yeah. I think with that said, like, you know, it's like if you take and throw out all the shit, Halloween to your H2O, all this, fu- just throw it all fucking out and you look at just that yeah. movie. It's, it's just Well, it's so the same thing with Friday the 13th too. I, I want to say that that 
that little moment whenever he's walking through the house in the 2018, he looks over at that baby that's in a crib. I like to think of that as the nod towards, well, which everybody thought was a nod towards him with the baby in the crib originally, and then his sister in the remake with uh, Rob Zombie looking at the baby in the crib. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's one of those movies that's top five all time for me, horror wise. And that's the one I gravitate towards where Barrett gravitates toward Freddy Krueger. It's definitely my more Supreme film, but yeah, I love it, man. Love it. It's, it's such a masterpiece of a movie and it's, I don't throw that around lightly. I mean, it, at that time, steady cams have only been around. Um, steady cams have only had only been around for three or four years, and were only being used on the biggest movies. And the fact that John Carpenter, you know, was like, "No, no, we need this because we need the movie to just move. We need it to feel like it's like you know, there's a constant momentum and pushing forward." And it's yeah, it's just I don't know. It's it's there's a lot to say. Like I said, it's 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 my favorite of that whole series. Yeah, of those of that cluster of iconic horror films, I feel like it's the one. I often say Texas Chainsaw really helped define what you know became the slasher genre, but I think Halloween definitely put the button on what it became. Yeah, for sure. Often uh, duplicated, but never you know, lived up to the, to the hype, you know, I said several films after that, tried it. There's a lot of, it's one of those iconic pieces of cinema that there's so many films that came out that were inspired by that following. And, you know, even the, like the seventies and eighties slasher genre and specifically just got so heavy, like, especially with direct to lease, direct to uh, VHS releases and video releases and stuff like that over the years, you know, there was, they followed the Halloween, the Halloween format, a lot of films did and um halloween definitely set the bar i don't think i could add any more to it other than that so let's go to your next pick brandon all right so this one's a more very artistic approach very much art house uh i think it's something that me and doug watched together at fantastic fest a girl walks home alone at night is by far the the score to that film and the very fresh take. I've always been fascinated by vampires, but I hate how uh, they turn vampires into something kind of that they're not and try and like overexploit like certain things like that they're just out for blood. But the very like romantic side of things, that's something that I got from that film. And I, I think the music score especially speaks for itself. In the moment, whenever she's listening to a record while she's sitting on the bed. I was like, the moment that they played that part, I was like, I'm in like, yeah, she's like kind of nodding to it. Unless I'm remembering wrong or it wrong, but it's so gorgeous and it's all in black and white. It's all kind of a mystery. Uh, I believe it was directed by an Iranian woman. Uh, Gorgeous. She later goes on to make a, uh, a cannibal a movie with Jason Momoa, which I was completely confused by, and Jim Carrey. <laughs> but understandable, yeah. right? So uh, that you would bounce off of these crazy ideas. But it, that to me was fantastic. Yeah, Girl Walks Alone, and, alone at Home at Night. I recently watched, I think it was during the pandemic, because it was one of those movies I hadn't gotten around to, and I had a list of movies I wanted to watch. Uh, coincidentally, John Carpenter's Vampires was on that list. I watched it at about the same time. I also watched Martin. There were some other movies that I had knocked out like right there in a row, but 
you know, to your point, what's really actually great, I'm going to expound upon this. You mentioned the sequence where she's listening to music. She, there's like a, if I remember correctly, there's like a wardrobe uh, scene in there where she's like putting on clothes, trying to make yeah. of like a mirror and stuff. Like she is trying, she is a vampire. She's trying to be essentially assimilate herself to being a yeah. normal human. And um, it's an and that's it's an aspect of vampire films that they don't always address, like you know, right. like the humanity aspect of things. Like, there's a lot of vampire movies out there. I feel like it's a genre of horror that has very few successes. You know, the Interview with the Vampire is fantastic. Uh, a lot of people obviously can't go without mentioning Lost Boys. Yeah. There's only a few For good sure. ones, you know. Blade Trinity, uh, just spitball. Hey, yeah. I, I don't have anything against the Blade movies, honestly. I, like they're I have a little bit something against Tr- Blade Trinity's Trinity, the, but Trinity's the worst it one. It is yet, definitely the worst one, uh, but it is like entertainingly bad. I right. Think, yeah. 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 And the uh, the Ryan Reynolds uh, dialogue alone, plus. Triple H, WWE's Triple H is right. Oh my god, the first WWE film, not the first, but it's in there. It should have been (laughs) (laughs) set the bar, but yeah, girl, that's a a great, great pick. Bridge, what you got? Uh, my next pick would be I, I guess it's a horror movie, but Cabin Fever. I love that. Oh, that's for sure. Like the perfect, like, party movie. You don't really know what's going on. Party gone bad. Of it. And then right. all of like the strange humor in it. Love. <laughs> yeah. Like Pancakes Kid. Like we can man, see uh man, from Boy Eats World fucking die. Yeah. So we get to see like, that motherfucker die. Uh it's just it's an amazing feel good movie. Like I don't know. And then just, like, <laughs> it's an amazing feel good movie. <laughs> it makes me feel movie good. Movie of the summer. <laughs> That's how it is. I love watching all the kids it. are like, saying it's the rain. Hot girl summer. Yeah. So. Hot girl summer. Uh, you can twerk to it. I mean, yeah, you uh, literally can in meat flaps. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> uh, no, but I love that movie. It's at least in my top ten. Top Eli five. Roth, right? Yeah, Eli Roth. And I don't know okay. too much about it. I, like I. I love me, Eli. <laughs> I think we actually like went to Blockbuster and rented that, and had a good time. Oh yeah, Isn't, love it. Didn't, okay. Didn't, uh, what's he saying that he's like? It's the, I'm the party dude. Is that That's I'm right. the party dude. Just, just, just <laughs> yeah. go back inside and have a couple forties. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. amazing. Yeah. And I, I used to get a lot of shit back in the day because I looked like that cop. I can't remember his oh, name. No. Like, because I, I couldn't grow. Is that how you, was it his last name? Giuseppe. I, it's Giuseppe, but I can't remember what's Andrew. Yeah, I think it's Andrew. Uh, yeah, but yeah, like no beard and like that length of hair. I looked a lot like him, <laughs> and so I was, I was the party <laughs> dude for a little bit. Uh, yeah. got Josh, what you got next on your list, sir? All right, so I went with an, another '90s flick, um, Wes Craven's original Scream, is definitely on yeah. there for me. Um, the reason why I think so is because like when I watched it, like it felt like too modern. Does it felt like it was something that could very, like that could happen around somebody my age or people, you know what I mean? Like I felt like it was, yeah, it felt real. Like, um, you know, and I always joked and like wanted to be in for, um, Halloween ghost face and, you know, (laughs) get the voice changer and make prank calls. But 
to be 100% honest with you, when the nights went out, after I watched that film the first night, I was fucking terrified to sleep by myself. Yeah. Because I was afraid Ghostface was, like, staring at my my window. So, uh, right. yeah. That it was probably good. Barrett. It, it was yeah, probably yeah. Barrett. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, actually, That's it's right, so this funny. This podcast is brought to you by Cake. <laughs> <laughs> One second. I have the product. <laughs> I have I'm gonna go ahead and throw myself under the bus. I have never actually watched all of Scream. Oh wow, really? Uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. Hey, I, I know. The beat off wow. lotion. Whenever you're away from your wife and have to beat your own dick in the middle of Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, God bless you. God bless you. Tain hairs and all. I have no fucking. No fucking pride whatsoever. No pride. Well, Scream is a movie I feel like has started to get the recognition that it never... I mean, it was popular initially, obviously, in Halloween costumes even over the years. And still, Ghostface has continued to be a character in a costume. But I feel like there's been a a revival of it, and a lot of it has to do with the more recent Scream that's come out as well. But yeah, series like that was me becoming a teenager when that came out. It was huge with us as kids. Like we wanted our parents to take us and let us get into it. Rated R movie, like the controversy, da da da. Yeah, and yeah, so it was Craven being involved as well. Like that automatically had everybody on high and alert killing that chick well, it, was a, door, it was a new, was it was a new slasher <laughs> so we had our we have our top our three right we have top three slashers and then we get to ghostface which is the 90s slasher then we later <laughs> go to kind of like sam sam's yeah. kind of a slasher so i, I mean I, Chucky on that list too yeah yeah yeah, yeah i would I, I would throw him in on that yeah for sure yeah, I mean, it screams. I mean, honestly, it's it's just Wes showing everyone it's not a fucking fluke, right? Right. You know, it's like everyone, yeah. you know, was really down on Wes when he made that. He had nothing but bomb after bomb there for a while, and then he just comes out swinging with this movie that is super fresh, super like you said. It's like you guys were saying there at the beginning of this. It's almost like dialogue you would expect to hear in a TV show, right? Like, yeah. but it's not. It's like it's like it, it sounded like people you knew a lot more so. Exactly, than you can relate to characters. Like, yeah. and it it sounded like people who are aware of the situation, and it was just you know, and yeah. I mean, it later became like the staple for so many of those. Kevin Williamson kickstarted an entire way to write stories, right? Because of that. But I mean, God, you could do a masterclass on filmmaking with just the opening scene of that movie. It's just yeah, right. Well, speaking of the opening scene, you have to talk about like the big controversy of that film when it came out. So Drew Barrymore is being advertised as being the star of the film. She dies right away in the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spoiler yeah. alert. If you haven't seen it in 20 plus years that it's been out 25 years now, fuck you. So yeah. it's yeah. Watch it. Fuck you. And also, so it's like, also, do you guys spo- are- spoiler, spoiler for a 20 year old movie. <laughs> the, the, the bit at the end when the, you get the reveal of yeah. what's really going on yeah. and they, they shank each other. Yeah. That bit, that bit where Matthew Lillard is like, I think you fucking got me too deep, man. And <laughs> right. he's like, it just goes fucking pale as a sheet. Right. Oh man. That's that fucking that's still rough. Up. like, yeah, my, I, the girls love Scream, man. We watch it every fucking Halloween, and every time that fucking end scene comes, every time it's just it's, it's really well done. Yeah. It's brutal, yeah. It's just yeah. so much more real because the characters are like reacting to it in a way that's acknowledging the punishment on themselves. You know, right. like, yeah. like that actually how much it does. Right. It's not just screaming; it's 
an acknowledgement of like, oh, this didn't feel how I thought it would feel. Right. You know, right. it's just right. kind of more right. fucked up than <laughs> more <laughs> fucked up than you just like what like just like the service level. You're like, definitely. Oh shit, yeah. You didn't. What do you think getting stabbed would feel like? Right. Is this what yeah. I'm doing to people? Right. But it sounds exactly like sociopaths, right. though. I mean, it exactly sounds like right. a exactly right. Jared Kushner way of like trying to relate to humankind. <laughs> right. Which exactly is right. clearly a lizard. Or fucking yeah. Zuckerberg <laughs> in the house. Yeah, yeah. So just want to hammer on a couple other points with Scream before we move on to my next on the list is but to, to narrow in on Doug's <clears throat> point about the dialogue. The dialogue did feel very real and it was very modern. It felt like kids of that day speaking. So it actually translated to the youth, the youths, if you will. So that's another uh, reason that it got such popularity uh, yeah. in and of itself. And uh, Rex Craven got into this bad rap of in the 90s where he would lend his name to things. So like Wes Craven presents, like with Wishmaster, for example. Right. Yeah. Uh, Wes Craven would like sell his name off to to products, to franchises, to lend credibility. That That's what I'm trying flops. to get. You know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no joke. Wes Craven money, motherfucker. Just slapping my name on a thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 King presents. And you you might get more asses in the seats. Somebody who did one. Who, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean, who's what's that guy about? Hmm, I don't know. Hey, I, I almost want to. Is Wes Craven copyrighted? Because I could start whipping that out on my fucking D and D painting page. Yeah, hey, Craven Ed Emporium presented by fucking Wes Craven, bro. He's from the grave. I listened to somebody talk about that that did one of those films like that, and they said it was more or less like a studio thing where they like worked on an agreement with them to produce a certain amount of films for him. And his, I like their whether he produced, he would just show up for like a day while they were shooting. I'm like, oh, look good, looks good, and then go home. <laughs> like, that's that was, sucks, it, was, like, it was super low effort, but yeah, it was more or less like, yeah. the studio made with him to make right. Actually, fuck, what was it? They they fucking really bad on Scream. Yeah, the the Weinstein's like when he did Scream, they like they fucked with him through Scream. The Weinstein's, Doug, 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 Doug. The Doug, Weinstein's? Doug. Yeah. Don't talk anything about the Weinsteins. They've never done anything wrong. Hey, listen. If you you can touch Jesus Christ, you can touch Buddha. You can't touch the fucking Weinsteins, yeah. man. That's a fucking line. But, but yeah, so they, they that was like a way to make amends to him, but it didn't actually like really amount to much. And then when he came back to do Scream Four, he was like, "Oh, well, it's clearly got to be better than it was then." Straight up, the first like two days they were shooting that, a bunch of people walked off, like left the project That's because like the the fucking idiot Weinstein's were on like fucking with Wes the day, the first day, like as soon as he started shooting Scream Four. Well, good for them because where are they yeah. at, Doug? Oh, exactly. Well, <laughs> or where's one of them at? Was, we yeah. know where one's at. I don't know what the, yeah. the other one's doing. <laughs> so I'm gonna go ahead and unload uh, another one of my picks because we're starting to get toward the back end of the list. Uh, yep. Danny, did you have something you wanted to add before he, before we got there? To that, no. That was uh, that was hilarious. I liked it. Uh, All right. I played I played I played squash with Harv, as we call him. Oh, okay, Harv. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> no, that guy's a fucking monster. I can't believe he's allowed to work with anyone. Please carry on. All right, absolutely. <laughs> All right, so I'm definitely going to throw a huge curveball into the list in the vein of uh, some of the campy picks that have been picked. And then I, of course, had to have something very J-horror related. And this is definitely in the cutting edge of things. I have 1977's House. So this is a Japanese okay. horror film that is Hell extremely yeah. campy. 
and fucking bonkers. The first time I saw it was when I very first got streaming television. It was a part of the Criterion Collection that used to be a part of Hulu's packaging. So I saw this probably about 22 plus years ago, I want to say. For the first time, which obviously came out in 77, so it predates, you know, it's really predates that. But I went into it blindly just knowing it was a Criterion selection, and I thought, okay, well, it's got to be good. So I didn't realize what I was about to get into. (laughs) I am a Japanese film thing. (laughs) Yes. It is absolutely haunting visuals. Depending on how you go into it, obviously, it can be enjoyed on multiple levels. I often describe the movie as a really bad acid trip to people. Like, it definitely is that. However, if you're looking at it at a literal standpoint, in some respects, there's some of the most haunting visuals, back to Danny's point, throughout this movie. And if I was to simply describe the plot of the film uh, in as least amount of words as possible, is essentially it's schoolgirls who go out to a trip on a countryside to one of their relatives' homes, and just the most batshit bonkers shit yeah. just starts to insert ensue like a you know a a perpetual ball rolling down the hill and picking up momentum and the Classic house begins to consume <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely it's it's an old fable uh, confucius say but mm-hmm. anyways the house starts to consume all of the schoolgirls progressively what? until there's none left so that sounds wild it is a wild one. ass movie yeah i've never and seen it, it is to be enjoyed and I recommend a little bit of the green kind if 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 you if, if you're a fan uh, in enjoying so because it would be <laughs> ultra entertaining. I have watched this movie countless times. I just showed it to my wife for the first time last winter, and she was she's obsessed already. So huh. House, 1977 Japanese horror movie, and I don't know that I could do it any better justice than that. I didn't know Japanese were making banger horror films in the 70s. That's pretty crazy. Oh yeah, dude. There's a couple other ones we could throw out there, but yeah, house, house, house they're still at it. In the comments, yeah, still I mean, yeah, yeah, still modern, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah, they had a good like, '90s, early 2000s run too, but yeah, recently too. Yeah. Well, Danny, what's next on your list, sir? Uh, oh, have you guys seen Voices? The Voices with Ryan Reynolds? No, I have. I have not. Nope. Yeah, I got one. I got I've one. Super fun, man. Uh, oh, I got Surprise, the prize I have here. It. It had a very limited U.S. release, uh, and this is one, again, it was just like a blind rental, and I was like, holy, I was like, yeah, I'll watch it. It's got, you know, Ryan Reynolds in it. I'll check it out. Directed by Marjorie, uh, Marjorie Satrappy, maybe? Marjorie Taylor uh, Green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good it's, film it's, about uh, how we excommunicate. It's called American uh, Patriot, the, yeah, the new yeah. horror film. <laughs> It's uh, it man, it's outstanding though. It's uh, Ryan Reynolds plays a mentally ill man, and his dog and his cat talk to him. Uh, the dog's oh, like, oh, I do know this. He's like, oh, Jay, yeah. you're a good boy. Kill that cut at work. Yeah, it's and it's it, all you. It's a cover yeah, like all white with pink lettering on it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. really, really fun. And I remember thinking, I'm like, this is like a weird, a weird in the pocket of like um funny murder movie weirdly yeah. like you're kind of rooting yeah. for the psychopath but there are there I are brief shit, there are really brief bits in that movie where they the veil of you're you're watching the entire story unfold through ryan reynolds eyes essentially but he yeah. is he's mentally ill he doesn't see things as they are and there are a few moments in that movie where they kind of lift that veil to show you what is really happening 
Right. And it is just fucking grotesque disturbing. and boring. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's real disturbing shit. And then it goes right back to his we- happy psycho shit. Right. Yeah, and it is, uh, it is, it's just fucking a delightful, fun time. And um, yeah. I, I definitely think it has the horror elements in it. There are bits that will make you uncomfortable. Uh, it's got a dormer head in the fridge, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, at, yeah. at one point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember what you guys are- yeah, the, uh, the, the, the dog and the cat are the dog and the cat are fucking hilarious. They're, uh, all the side cast characters are in it that are uh, yeah. that are great. Anna uh, Anna Kendrick is in it, right? Yes, yeah, she's the head in the freezer. Uh, she's right. one of them, I think, at some point. Or one of them, yeah. Uh, yeah, just a really good cast. F- fun, fun flick. Also, still has that horror element, and you know, like you said, some of you guys would be like, "Oh yeah, I might have seen that, or I've seen the cover of it, or I might have watched that," but it's. It's it's worth a revisit, you know what I mean? I think it's a fun one that I recommend to people if you haven't seen it or haven't seen it in a while. It's it's worth your attention. Absolutely. Doug, what you got <clears> next, <throat> sir? That one has a really, really fucking heavy end. Yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah, it does. Yes, it does. Doug, what you got next on your list, sir? All right, next up, I have got The Shining. Oh, yes. I uh, didn't yeah. even and, think about to put that on my and, list. <laughs> not the Mick Garris miniseries. The Stanley Kubrick movie. Right. What about the one with the guy from Wings? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's the one we're talking about, right? It's only one on my list, goddamn. <laughs> yeah. The only one that matters, baby. But, yeah, I mean, it's like, what There's what can you say? I mean, it's a, honestly got one of the most thrilling captivating hypnotic movies ever made i feel like there's definitely so much like i remember you know being a kid and listening to this older lady talk about it that i didn't know and she just referred to it as pure evil <laughs> <laughs> like she she was convinced Great. that the movie itself in Boy. its essence was evil like i'd love to show her like a few films it, yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah but when you're like seven that's one of the most terrible was funny, sure. was like i hadn't seen it by that age like it didn't it was scary, but it wasn't like uh like to me it's like I watch it, it's like almost trance like the whole movie feels like it just it takes you in as a viewer and it holds your attention and it's absolutely horrific, but it's at the same time also doing things on such a subconscious level. It's such an incredibly crafted movie. But yeah, like she she just listening to her talk, like just the <clears> tone <throat> and atmosphere of the movie just made her so uncomfortable that she just believed that the movie itself was just evil and i love that because it's like really the only way to describe how that movie makes you feel is it feels like a foreboding march into madness it doesn't feel like it's slipping it feels like it's an inevitability like by the end you're going to come to this place that you know um the jack ends up in and i you know there's just so much that can be said uh have you guys ever seen the uh that documentary they did um, where i was yeah, two thirty seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's well, I think a majority of it's absolute bullshit. There are like at least I don't know three really key points, like uh, the inevitabilities thing that they break down with like uh, the geography of the hotel from the top down and walking yeah. in into the manager's uh, office, and that there shouldn't be windows behind him, but there are, and just those little tiny subconscious fuck yous throughout that movie. I think, yeah, and it's just like in. Kubrick never winks at you. He never nods at you. He doesn't care if you caught it or you didn't. He's just putting it there to be at work in your mind without you yeah. realizing it's happening. Yeah, sure. And I, sure. I remember a few years ago that going around on like the horror threads that if you punch in really, really tight on Jack's uh, necktie, 
for uh, like when he's in that interview. Yes. The necktie is the top down shot of the maze. Yeah, the oh, maze, wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And they Pretty just cool. layer with so many that. things. <laughs> it's just, yeah. And there's little things like shit that's in the background of one shot's not there in the next. And it's not yeah. a continuity error. It's absolutely there to just continuously make you like notice things peripherally yeah. that aren't right. And, you know, not to mention just like just the sheer craft of like, you know, not even Kubrick, but the things that King brought to that story. It's, it's definitely one of those. I feel like, you know, it's like I watch it every opportunity I get. The 4K, the 4K <laughs> is fucking gorgeous, and I hey, also you the did not allow this friend into your movie theater. I mean, <laughs> he's giving you so much. Yeah. <laughs> it's a joke, and then I end it. Did you watch Doctor? Did you watch Doctor Sleep? Hell yes, of course, yeah, yeah, fantastic. So I have not finished it. Did you guys, I have not did you guys love it? it? Loved it. Loved it. Loved Man, it. I was super into it. Yeah, yeah, it's so yeah. well done. Ewan McGregor is one of my favorite actors. So. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, can't Which his I, performance to, you can't discredit. To live up to live up holy shit. Right. Absolutely. Like right. that movie is just fucking stress on terror on fucking yes. you know You're dealing mean? with it's a guy uh, that's coming out of addiction as well, you know, had traumatic experiences in his life. Like it's just so boy, he well looks full. the part. Yeah, absolutely. Like he looks like an entirely different person from start to finish as well. Like they just so in the callbacks to the old imagery from, you know, the shining that is in Dr. Sleep are so mm-hmm. well done as well. And it just, it's, it's end up again, kind of almost to my, uh, you know, get out point earlier is that it it's its own thing, but it's still yet is rooted in tradition. And uh, I love when films do that, especially present day, because, you know, things have become so homogenized nowadays with film production and everything else and and everything's so spoon fed to you uh dr sleep was in a way a uh, breath of fresh air so yeah it was definitely a good one too yeah i was i was into it i liked the i think uh, i think a lot of criticisms for it are probably panned towards like well it's not very much like the shining it's not it does, well, most of it doesn't take the place book, in a though. hotel either <laughs> yeah. right, right right exactly uh, I like the way that it actually expanded on the lore of, you know, the, the actual right. shining bit yeah. and the gal that yes. they got to play the villain for that. They're just, they're fancy vampires, but they're fucking scary as shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they the are. Fucking baseball scene with uh, Jacob Tremblay is haunting. Oh, like, it is oh. terrifying. Yes, absolutely. And you don't see anything. It's just what he's going through. Also I have to oh. mention, has anybody actually <laughs> been to the Stanley? Hotel? No, I, I have. No. Oh my god! Went to a, oh. went to the film festival. We went, uh, went, went to Lodge Wood. Yeah, Brandon. Went to Lodge Wood. I gave him a big old hug. Actually, you, you and me, Doug. Uh, I remember at Fantastic Fest, you were like, oh, yeah. "Hey, man, can you get my Maniac poster signed off?" And I was like, "I was drunk enough." I went up and I was like, "Alright, I'm gonna do it." Cause I'm a man of action, and I walked up to him awkwardly and gave him a hug mid conversation. I was like, "Hey, my buddy over there could use uh, your signature on this." And later, I meet him like six months later at the Stanley Festival, a Stanley Film Festival. He's like, "Hey, buddy, what's going on?" And I'm like, I hugged him, and I was like, "I'm sorry, what I did before." And I like walked I, I, away. Yeah, I talked to him about it like a year later, and like he was Ugh. like, "Oh, dude," he's like, "Whatever." He's like, "I get it." And yeah. he's like, "Okay." <laughs> so, <laughs> I want to bring up if you've actually ever been to the Stanley Hotel, like there's aspects of it that you see, and you're like, "Okay, yes, that's in the movie." But 
like there's like a lot of large inconsistencies which like the hedge mage in particular like they have a hedge maze out there but it's like dwarfish like it came up to like my hip like yeah they were, were running they were just like head level. they were just starting to build it yeah yeah so like you know like it, it kind of goes back into that mindset of like you realize like movies even though it's like set in one place like the shots aren't actually done in one place per se. Oh, right. for sure. You know, right. Right, things are dressed that's, that's up. That's actually one of my other many favorite things about this movie is how much misinformation is out there about it. Absolutely. Right. Like, yeah. It's yeah. insane. Like, cause like, like you said, like the, in the film, the, sh- the, the hotel is made up of three different locations combined. So right. there's a shot that is the Stanley. Then there's a shot that is an artifice. And then there's another shot that's an artifice that they, but like, I can't remember what the second, actually, no, the second shot is a different hotel. Yeah. But there's a third shot that's like an exterior wall that they built that they shot as the hotel. But then like the hedge made, made for instance, in the final film and it's snowing, that's all indoors in a studio. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's to like, get the right is, lighting. You know, everything. Yeah. And it's like, when you, when, you know, I've had people like try to argue with me about it. It's like, I've watched dark documentaries about this. And, like, right. Yeah. And, like, you know, it's like, it's like, it's very, it's the, there's that. I mean, the, they got the right guy to do the job. Of course he faked the moon landing. So yeah. I want you guys to imagine a world. I want you guys to imagine a world. 2011 in a world that has been, Destroyed by chaos. <laughs> a bio cop there from the sludge. Hell yes. To rage across the arcana. And one of the greatest films of all time, practical yes. practical effects wise, yes. that I was on the Kickstarter and the motherfucking uh, credits, bro. The Void. The void, yeah. The void is dope as fuck. There's, I mean, it speaks for itself. Cultists, practical effects, destruction, and and eldritch fucking fucking eatery. I mean, the void is definitely, and that that's a selfish fucking take because I put in like two hundred and fifty bucks. And that took like three years to make. I mean, it it was yeah. a constant fucking. That's right. Whenever Kickstarter started, that's right. Whenever it was becoming big, uh, the void is definitely one of my tops of at least the so uh, past twenty years. You did run a couple references there together, so I want to back it up for the audience in case they haven't seen anything. If you haven't seen Manborg, you must see Manborg. Manborg, Manborg is fantastic, but. The if Bio you want to laugh, if you want to laugh, there's also Biocop. Biocop is the, probably one of the more hilarious shorts I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and it's absolutely. just a dude suffering, <laughs> and it's he's not doing anything but suffering. <laughs> there's all this shit going on around him, and he's right. just in pain. But if you if you if you haven't seen any of these, maybe you've seen Psycho Goreman or PG. That's my favorite film of 2020, Psycho Goreman. And that is an excellent film as well. So these guys have oh, a sure. lot of cool shit. But The Void, back to your point, Brandon, that is Lovecraftian, Cthulhu laden, uh, yeah. monster movie. Like, I mean, you could cultish. Yeah, there's a if lot anybody's of played, that go into that. If anybody's played The Last of Us 2 to see one of the last bosses in that in that game, and to see the culmination of arms and 
discombobulated like parts. Right. Uh, yeah, bro. That's a fucking film for you. And that 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 movie in and of itself is heavily inspired by John Carpenter too. So yeah, yeah, it's it's sure. definitely worth a watch. Takes place in the hospital, so yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Bridge, what you got next on yours? Uh, my next pick would probably be Mandy. Mandy. Hell yeah! Fantastic Hell yeah. movie. Fuck yeah! Uh, and Nick Cage, like acting class man. <laughs> the axe. Uh, the axe. So Man- Mandy is a film yeah. that achieves kind of what we've talked about a few times that we've enjoyed in some movies is it's, it's got its sections to digest. So at first you're kind of getting to feel the landscape, the situation, the background, the scenery, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Nicholas Cage and his betrothed are in a desolate place, uh, you know, small town looks like mountain town, if you will, or, or village, if you will. And uh, there's obviously some nefarious characters at work and, you know, you kind of build up an awareness of these characters in the background and you understand that, you know, as things progress, that they are going to be kind of, you know, the uh, perpetrators of some heinous crimes. Throughout. And very like huge characters, obviously, it's the, the minute that they're introduced to the screen, you know, and then it kind of transitions into the tragedy aspect. So almost it's, it's almost got it's, it definitely has an element of a Greek tragedy to it, really. And uh, then kind of the final act, of course, that's when things get batshit crazy. But, you know, and that's what really has gotten its popularity and cult following is kind of that final act of the film. But, you know, another great movie from the same director who uh, brought us from Beyond the Black Rainbow, getting ready to be on the uh, Guillermo del Toro Cabinets of Curiosities. He's got a short there. Um, But, yeah, just a fantastic movie soundtrack. Is fantastic. Uh, we talked about it last week with Andy uh, Treffenbach on the show, uh, but yeah, Mandy's fantastic. <laughs> Anybody else got anything else to add to Mandy? It's a beautiful fucking film. Um, Beautifully like, shot. Very, very. You could almost take any still out of the out of the movie, start to finish, and be like, "Oh, it would be a cool like desktop background." It looks beautiful, and then it just is badass and savage. I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. It's, uh, it's a yeah, fun time. Absolutely. What you got next on your list, Josh? Um, on this one, uh, this <coughs> one's maybe a pick more so for the artistic style and just specifically for the story. And again, I don't know if it's technically horror. I guess it's listed as horror thriller, but um, it's an M. Night Shyamalan movie, and it's The Village. And I've always had mm-hmm. infatuation with the story of that. Um, Adrian Brody's character, he plays the brother of one of the main characters of the movie. He does fantastic in it. A lot of people shit on how that movie ended, but that actually is one of the main reasons why I love that movie. Was the actual yeah, man. story. I liked it guilty I right there with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Same. Always liked The Village. Liked it when it came out. I took a lot of fucking heat <clears> for liking The Village. <laughs> me too. I still do yeah. to this day, but it's, yeah. it's a yeah. classic for me. I think most people do for liking any... M. Night Shyamalan film. I think it's very niche and very science kind of up home there with, with that for me with Shyamalan. That, that's kind yeah, of one of the guilty pleasure like more, ones Village, with me. Just still yeah. yeah. But I mean, Josh, but traveling to a world with water, man. I just don't get that one. I mean, they're traveling to a goddamn world with water. I can't get behind you on that. I tried to back you up on the last one, but fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> How do they even walk through the yard? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh like, God, the, the, the planet is 70 plus percent water. 
They'll All never right, the Midwest. It's too fucking humid here. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't even yeah, fuck I would us. Kill to sure. see, I would kill to see a fucking like two minute short film remake of that. That's more or less like, them like freaking out, looking outside, <laughs> and it starts to come toward the house, and yeah. it's like, fucking like rotting as it walks up, like melting. just aliens melting the whole time. The <laughs> one thing, the, the one thing I will say. Melting. Is it had an anti-Semite in it and a Semite in it, which was really fucking weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Necessary, obviously. Yeah, uh, but Joaquin Phoenix's performance was probably great. But I haven't rewatched it since you know fucking forever ago. But yeah. signs not for the story, more so for like stuff like the jump scares, like where see, the kids see looking out the like window. I'm- Josh, say things like unbreakable. I mean, that's <laughs> something to get by on M. Night Shyamalan that we can not not like glass or fucking yeah. some water vapor aliens. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Uh, but yeah, the village. Right, the cool. village, uh, like, you know, the big, obviously the big thing with M. Night Shyamalan is you gotta have a plot twist. And the thing that people had a lot of issue with back in the day was the twist at the end. Well, it turns out yeah. they're like in a little enclosed society. Again, sorry to ruin the movie. That's I know. I think that's, but I think that's kind of cool. It's like a cult. That's yeah. what I liked about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Because yeah. growing up in basically a cult, right. I thought it was kind of yeah. cool. Right. Yeah. yeah. They escaped a cult. <laughs> that, so. that, that fucking monster design for the, like when they're wearing the thing, right. the monster right. get the up, bone thing. fucking top tier creep. Yeah, again, yeah. Practical. Just practical. like a big porcupine, a porcupine monster. Again, that's fucking scary that's shit. Go it, the it's almost, uh, what's the uh, uh, film film that you love, Doug? That's the Wicker Man. Yeah, Wicker Man. Like, it's very creepy. I mean, he's named after Like, the idea yeah. of it. The, yeah, that's the reason why you like it. Fuck you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with my last pick on the list. And uh, so this has to be a substitution for me because Danny cobbed the exorcist from me earlier. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to go with head. what a cock dead yeah. alive. Dead alive. Dead alive. Dead alive is good. Fucking the, dope. The me reason, uh, so many reasons bands used images from it for music videos. Hell yeah, they did. So quotable. It is a comedy horror. It's unapolog- unapologetically exactly what it is. It takes everything that I love about eighties horror movie, amps it up, to a million, it borrows Top from where? It, it borrows from Evil Dead and like movies like Cemetery Man in right. some respects, which I both love, and it's uniquely its own thing still yet. The gore in it is tremendous. The practical effects, the blood is just astronomical. Still yet, as far as the blood's concerned, I think it's in like at least in the top ten, if not top five, as far as fake blood used in a movie. And this is a film be- that was made in 1992. A Peter Jackson film too, mind yeah, you. Yeah, I was gonna Lord say the Ring. Peter how, Jackson. How, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say how cool Jackson to dip his toes back into something you know like this. That would be I, cool. I really wish he would. And actually, yeah, I agree. Sleeper film yeah. is, that I yeah. almost put on this list for me was Frighteners. I mm-hmm. loved Frighteners when it came out. I thought it was yeah. excellently acted. Michael J. Fox. Movie. What it's a comedy! So much man. substance to it. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely a comedy, Frighteners. But uh, yeah. yeah, and and one time that he wasn't fucking trying to shake while he was eating something. He kept it under wraps, yeah. right? and that one for sure. Yeah, I mean, he really kept it grips on. <laughs> but yeah, so back to Dead Alive. 
you know, Peter Jackson in his early years, his early filmmaking career, kind of balling on a budget with that one, but still yet, you know, there's so many iconic scenes that I could call out, but the one in mind in particular, I have to mention is the lawnmower scene where he starts up the lawnmower <laughs> and he's got to turn it's a push lawnmower and he's push pushing through the crowd, and, of and through the crowd of zombies. It's so know? good. Yeah. That to me, I was just like, I don't know. It just, it felt like things went into a different gear. Whenever that took Didn't place. Didn't Dr. Acula like use that in one of their music videos? I think they did, yeah. 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 A lot of a lot of heavy bands, grindcore bands, did yeah. a lot of concepts around some of the imagery from that and, and so on and so forth. And it's it's sad to say, but there was a three million dollar budget to that movie, and it only made two hundred and forty thousand in the US. Oh damn. On box office. Really? Yeah. Now don't get me wrong, it wasn't necessarily a US released film. So whatever they made in the US market was ancillary, I guess. But uh, nonetheless, that is a movie that's definitely made its bread and butter off of DVD sales, VHS sales, the rental market back in the nineties and the early two thousands, you know, yeah. and, and the cult followings and the re-releases and the special editions and so on and so forth. So I definitely got to call out Dead Alive and uh I, I feel like is has to be mentioned in our conversation today and and it and it ties in some of those other films that I mentioned earlier that are worth noting as well. So kind of like your Evil Dead franchise, of course. And uh, and I love Cemetery Man too. That's another one that I love a lot. Hell oh, yeah, bro! All right, Danny. Danny, what's, what's you got up, next, man, man? I have a. It's like a home invasion flick. But it is more comedy centric. It's one of the most entertaining home invasion films I think I've it, ever seen. Was it originally a French film? Uh, ooh. I don't know. It might have. Been, I could see that maybe being the case. Uh, it's directed by Dan Burke and Robert Olson. Came out in 2019. It's called Villains, and has oh um, okay, yeah, has, uh, stars Bill Skarsgård. Hell yeah, yeah. Okay, that was not what I, I was, was thinking. thinking. I was thinking was, Funny Games USA. I do like the Funny Games USA movie. I, I yeah. before I knew it was five horror movies, I had a list of like 20, and that was that was on the list. <laughs> uh, I like the French one too, though. Uh, yeah, but I, I did like the U.S. one. That was my first exposure to it. But um, no, I, Villains is uh, it's really really fun. The 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 cast and it's the cast and it's absolutely incredible. Yeah, that's one I haven't gotten around to watching yet. But it definitely good did intrigue me. It looked really good. I think is is the concept not Danny that it is a home invasion film, but they kind of like pick the wrong house, if you will. Like the people. It, yeah, the it is a ah, it is a pick twist. the wrong house scenario. Uh, they break yeah. into the home. Uh, stars uh, Je- Jeffrey Donovan and Kyra Sedgwick as the homeowners. Yeah, and they're doing this weird. You know, they've got their whole fucking weird story. It's super weird and creepy. And uh, Bill Skarsgård and uh, Micah Monroe started yep. we like, covered it on an episode um but it just it's not it does have horror elements in it but i would say it is more of a comedy i guess uh yeah. but man, it's just it's a lot of fun and that's one i think a lot of people had probably missed i it was on hulu for a really long time i don't know if it's still on there or not but that's one i've definitely got to get around to watching but i've certainly seen plenty about it that it, it definitely intrigues me yeah, it's it's brisk too. So you know what I mean. It's not going to eat up your whole night. I think it's like maybe an hour yeah, it's, twenty. It's paced really well, so it's a it's a fun breezy watch. So you're saying a normal runtime compared to everything we get now that's like three hours long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I some movies I I really do look forward to simply because that they're an hour twenty. 
But yeah. that doesn't mean anything because some movies that are two hours long feel like, oh, I wish there was more of this. Right. Yeah. And some yeah. movies that are in, sure. some movies that are an hour twenty long feel like they're fucking a three hour epic. Depends, right? Depends. It, yeah, it just depends on what you get. The one thing that I will say about villains is it's it's definitely got its dopey duo doing oh yeah what they think are the best things and they are supremely overloaded by what is to come <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely yeah. uh Je- jeffrey jeffrey donovan i think is just an absolute fucking banger in this dude he's doing so he's so charming and fucking creepy and like yeah. at the same time oh it's great oh yeah new steve buscemi <laughs> I gotta put that down to watch for sure. <laughs> Doug, what do you got next on your list? Your final submissions of the five. Is uh, it Pumpkinhead? By the way, oh. by the way, Doug, while you guys were gone, indulge us and let us know. Uh, let us know that he's been on four Benadryl today. <laughs> yeah. To try and get over something. So I'm pretty sure <laughs> in the middle he's been like endlessly wanking his floppy penis. In the middle of these like dropouts, well, we already established it's too big to be on camera. So, you got well, no big deal. no, the descent, man. That's my, uh, yeah, fuck yeah, great. We love the descent for sure. I remember when me, Rage, and Brandon watched that back in the day, the old nature's cup apartment. Watching it for the first time and even watching it recently, it has the same impact. It hasn't lost any of its edge that it had. It, you know, it's definitely a movie. It's like it's scary without creatures in it. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's so much of that movie. It's just terrifying from like a realistic point of view. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot to be said. Like the fact that so much of it's actually sets and I, you can't tell. Yeah, like it's just it's nuts because yeah. you would actually, you know, I remember watching it for the first time and thinking like, how the fuck did they get a camera in that? Yes, you know, how, like how could, sure. you know it just how minimal the score is, how perfect the sound design is yes. when it reaches that third act and just switches gears yes. and just falls to yes. the wall. Like Absolutely. it just like there's just not a moment that feels like it it it, it stumbles or follies anything. It feels like it's just a movie that has such confidence. Like I love Dog Soldiers a fuckload. But just the amount of growth as a filmmaking filmmaker that Neil Marshall made from that leap from Dog Soldiers to the, the Descent is just impeccable. He's got a new monster movie coming out that they just released yeah, the trailer yeah. for today. Yeah. Uh, Barrett just dropped that trailer in our chat. Yeah. But yeah, The Descent is a great movie. My my wife had actually never seen it, so I just showed it to her like in the last two years. So I rewatched it relatively recently. Like I'm a guy that's like strangely does not like re-watching movies usually because I feel like sometimes whenever I go back for that second viewing it loses some of its luster for me and I don't want to like lose some of that magic with that first viewing for me but if it is like uh, undoubtedly a good movie I will rewatch it to you know obviously yeah. as well but like for me personally and it's not to say like I'm like omnipotent or have like the best viewpoint on movies by any means but like for me to watch a movie multiple times it has to be good and Descent is definitely one of those that is in a rotation for me to watch you for know, sure. more than once. Absolutely. I, as time as I've gotten older, like now my rewatches have more and more distance between them. Yeah. And it feels like, you know, when you come back to visit something you haven't seen in a while, like the exorcist earlier was a good conversation for this where it's like, you know, I've, you know, I remember that movie is so interesting because like you watch it as a little kid and you see everything through the kid's point of view. And yeah, then when you definitely. get older, you see everything from Jason Miller's point of view. 
Yeah. Yep. And then, you know, imagine when you get older, it's going to be Maxwell and Cito's. You know, and like, so it's like, it's a movie, it's like every age you are, you have a new interpretation of how the film plays. I, I, that to me yeah. is where rewatches have amazing value. Like, if a certain movie, you know, but it's like, I feel like you don't get that if you don't set on it for a while and then come back to it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right now, I'm about to hand it off for you for next, my next, for your next pick. But one point I forgot to make on my Dead Alive conversation earlier. We had a band that named a song Dead Alive after the movie, too. So that's another reason that I love Dead Alive. So, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, Brandon, what you got next? All right. So the last one, I went with a psychological horror because of my wife. She loves psychological horror. Me, too. So uh, I would go with, uh, and one of my favorite actors in cinema now, uh, two of my favorite actors, Colin Farrell and... Barry Kogan? Yes. Uh, we're in it. Uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer. Killing no. of a Sacred Deer was one of those movies that I felt super uncomfortable about. And it's mainly because Billy Kogan. He is an unsettling actor. Yeah. Uh, we Kogan. see it. Yeah. We see it in Green Knight. We see it yes. in I, I mean, multiple movies. Like, Batman, everything. He he brings a resonance that's it's rough. And to see like a limp body, Colin Farrell being dragged, or wait a second, it's Colin Farrell dragging him. I can't remember. But it's it's one of those things that's it's a family horror thing where it's touching on your kids and your wife and your Yes. It gets personal. It gets super personal, super quick. It's very uncomfortable. Um, that's my fucking nightmare. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's like a, a an actual nightmare, right? Where you have this being taking on like all these roles that you don't want them to take on, and. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. that director Yorgos, he's a fucking wild ass director. Of course, Dogtooth was kind of the big film that a lot of people yeah. like know him by now. And uh, but you know, Killing Sake, I actually love The Lobster. That might be my favorite movie. The Lobster is great. Oh, yeah, I really love. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. not necessarily a horror, but yeah, it's it's it, it's really good as well. But yeah, Killing Sake <laughs> deal, dear, not one that I considered, but definitely a good pick. Yeah, that's that's one that. I don't think that I'll ever shake off. Barry Coogan looks like he will stab you. Absolutely. Yeah. He looks like a little fucked up soccer hooligan. Is that the same guy that plays The Flash? No, Barry Coogan is Joker. He looks like the kid that got suspended for like pissing in the classroom or something. I'm thinking of the nutbag Flash out. You know what I mean? Pissing in the classroom and then going, hey, buddy, you want to be my best friend? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, he's a he's a fucking creepy. He's a creepy dude. I watched a couple of interviews with him. Just fucking nice as he can be. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's odd. Yeah. Like yeah. definitely, it has a switch in him. Like he can turn it on and off for sure. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. Bridge, what you got next on your list? Uh, next on my list is one I watched a lot when I was a kid. Still watch it now. Love it, Poltergeist. Hell oh, yes! Yeah. I didn't even yeah. think about that either. Super, that movie like, petrified me. Yeah. Like, I and then uh, I think as I got older and I realized that those were like real skeletons in the 
the little swimming pool pit, the mud pit that I was like, oh, that's even cooler. <laughs> but, yeah, every good. Production. There's so many different good parts in that movie that are terrifying. Yeah. And then, yeah, it has the dude from Coach in it and it rules. Like, Hell yeah, can't movie. go wrong. Yeah, it's a that's a good pick. Craig um, T. Nelson. Yeah, Craig, Craig T. Nelson. Nelson. Yeah. Craig T. Nelson. Craig T. Nelson. Yeah. Man, when he when he fucking pukes up that worm skull baby slug thing and it yeah. skitters across the floor. <laughs> <laughs> that's Poltergeist. That's what I think about whenever I give a blowjob mm-hmm. now. That's, that's too. like literally like <laughs> oh, is that I'm just too like, when he pukes uh, the thing up? Will it skitter? Will it skitter yeah. is what I always think about whenever I give a blowjob. <laughs> Some might argue that that should be the name of my children, little skitters. Little skitters. <laughs> the baby skitters. What do you got next on your list, Josh? Um, my last, but uh, definitely like take us home strong, son. Um, American Psycho. <laughs> okay. And the reason why I'm sure, pick that? You sure it's not Monte uh, Monte Cristo? Because yeah. well, now, now that's a good book, but the film. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I haven't seen the film, so I'm not sure. Well, I've seen the film. It's right in front of me right now, and I'm looking Danny's at it. he's about to lose it. <laughs> Dude, that Monte Cristo thing is fucking money. <laughs> Whatever. Three Musketeers. He's talking about that face right there, son. Can I take my teeth out for you since it's a horror? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> do it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, I know American Psycho and specifically just for Christian Bale's performance in that. Um, Perfect. Oh, yeah. I mean, just some of the scenes like the dancing to Huey Lewis, you know, and putting on the plastic cover. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's such a classic, you know, psychological thriller, horror, stabby, fun film for me. Uh, Hell yeah! It's always it's nostalgic. It's a 2000 film. Um, I was 11 years old in 2000, so yeah, it, it got me. It was a good one. I still love it. I catch it whenever I can. So yeah, I like it's, it's got a lot it, of it really is. It really is a standout. Performance. Yes, as yes. A, as an as an older film that I've seen several times. The last time I sat down and watched, it, I think I watched it last year actually, and I remember sitting there watching. It, I'm thinking to myself, what a fucking psychopath. Perfect, but I right? I know that it's the name of the it's the name of the fucking movie, but Absolutely. it's just the get being in his headspace is so fucking like what the hell is the matter with you? And it just it still comes through. And the business card scene, oh, yeah. card scene that that really captures how well he portrayed that role. I don't like, think there's a better scene in the sure. fucking film than right. the fucking business card scene where they're talking yeah. about each individual business card. And the reason why I hate the fucking man. Fuck the man, bro. Yes. American Psycho. That would be my least, but or last but not least. Honestly, like there's a lot of picks on today's list for everybody. Like I didn't see comments. So that's that's a good thing. And we definitely brought the variety today. Like before we get out of here, I want to give everybody one opportunity to throw one honorable mention out there real quick. Just in case you feel like there's something you didn't be able to give something justice. Does anybody have anything <laughs> hot off the press that they're ready to throw out there? Raise your hand. I'll call on you. Man, mine's not even a movie though. Uh, oh, well. I, 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 and it might be something you guys have already talked about, but I would just want to throw an honorable mention out there to uh, Dahmer. Oh, dude! That the yeah. uh, the, the the monster Jeffrey Dahmer, whatever, whatever the actual title of it is. Evan Peters, man, man, that Evan, Peter, that Evan Peters performance is 
fucking amazing. Hands down. Very uncomfortable. And the yeah, damn straight. It is fucking extremely uncomfortable. Yeah. Although it's not, you know, it's not a hundred percent they take a couple of creative liberties with it, as you probably yeah. should yeah, yeah. for I'm a project sure. like yeah. that. Yeah. Um but they I stay, think, they I, stay to a lot of packs. They do stay to yeah. a lot of packs. Yeah, they for sure do. Uh, and I, I don't think it could have been boiled down into a movie, but just that we're talking, you know, <laughs> uh, horrific media uh, types of stuff. I think that's at least worth a, a little hat tip. You know, what I'm and saying? worth like mentioning, worth it. mentioning tomorrow, the Dahmer tapes will drop. Yes. It is October yeah. 7th. No so shit. if you've seen yep. the Gacy yeah. tapes or um, what was the other one? Bundy. Bundy tapes. It's the yeah. same people. They're doing um, Dahmer now and they do. I was wondering jobs, if so. they do that. Yeah. Yep. Same folks behind it. Doug, what do you got for an honorable mention? Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, Josh had, Josh had one. Josh, right. bring it back. Well, I just, I'm not sure if it, it like is horror, but like Gremlins, does that count? Sure, oh, it's horror. It's horror. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's yeah. cheesy fun it's horror. It's a Christmas but, movie. Damn, dude, <laughs> Gremlins <laughs> is it holds a Christmas really, horror. Yeah, it's like a tight, <laughs> tight spot in my heart for sure. So go watch, go watch the kitchen scene in that movie when the mom's facing them by herself. Take yeah. out the fucking take out all the like funny wackiness of it, and just watch it. Like that's probably one of the most straight horror scenes in that film. Yeah, even the track that yeah. that, that do you hear yeah. that <laughs> shit? Yeah, that like so that and then also I'd say probably the like the ending with like a uh, spike or whatever dying or yeah, yeah. yeah dying. So that's just straight fucking horror, man. Like just the, yeah, like, yeah. That's so gremlins. Yeah. Well, so quick, yeah. quick antidote about Gremlins specifically. I was super like disturbed by Gremlins, which is weird because like I saw all kinds of movies when I was young, but it was like one of the first prominent horror movies that I remember. And so this really fucked up thing happened where I saw Gremlins, it freaked me out, and then I had this dream that the Gremlins could turn into people. And Ooh. like they masked themselves as people and like would kill people. Oh, like, shit. And they killed yeah, my Hillary uncle Clinton. in my dream. They killed Hillary, my uncle Hillary in my Clinton. dream. Yeah. I'm sure. That's a good, uh, that's a good fucking concept, my dude. Well, <laughs> this is where it gets real fucked up. So I have this dream that they turned into people. Like, this is a running dream for weeks. Like, I'm having nightmares. My parents had to put a nightlight in my room. This is the other thing. I had this dream, running dream for weeks. Well, I had this dream that they killed my uncle. And my uncle's like my best friend. It's my 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 biological aunt's husband, and he dies, and so it like fucked me up so bad. I was like crying. I woke up crying, that sort of shit. My uncle dies three days later oh, in a car wreck. So crazy. I absolutely I absolutely refused to watch Gremlins for the longest time on account of that specifically. Like it fucked it's, me up that bad. Wow. It's just happenstance. Yeah. Like I had this dream that he died. And then he ended up dying. That's crazy, man. It was yeah, fucking wild. I understand that, man. That's fucking heavy shit to deal yeah, with. Yeah, absolutely. That was like six when this happened. So, but yeah, it's it, it was fucking wild. But yeah, so Gremlins is one of those movies that I don't fuck with really that much. I mean, I've watched it since Pam wanted to show it to our kids a few Christmases ago. That I indulged, I watched, but yeah, it's not it's not one that I uh, I sink my teeth. Go to <laughs> yeah. traumatizing yeah. for you a little yeah. bit. So Doug, back to <laughs> the honorable mention for you, sir. Um, yeah, so I'm not going to expand on anything. I just will kick out a quick, fast, fire, rapid fire list of like honorable mentions. So I had I Saw the Devil, You're Next, <coughs> Anne and the Apocalypse, The Invitation, The Church, and Annihilation. Hell yeah. Yeah. 
uh, invitation yeah. and annihilation in particular on that list are ones that immediately stood out to me that I could go on about forever. I love both of those. So, yeah, exactly. And I, and I figured they're they're really on there because they're like really really fucking good movies that I feel like in some cases you know they're not the go tos they're not the heavy hitters right, they're not right. the ones people there's sometimes ones you might have to sell people on but I feel like those sure. are the ones that uh like given the opportunity like I'd go out and pitch for you know what I mean I'd yeah say, okay check this out like this is a good movie you're gonna really enjoy it I'll take the same approach as Doug and I'll just throw out some that I had in the bank and not expound upon them and some of them have already been mentioned so I'm gonna skip over those but Evil Dead was on my list. Uh, Rosemary's Baby, Hellraiser, Hereditary, The Thing, <coughs> Alien, Eyes Wide Shut. Eyes Wide Shut. That's yeah. actually my favorite Kubrick movie, maybe. Uh, Naked Lunch, Lost Highway, uh, and then we meant I mentioned Cemetery Man earlier, but th- that that was also on my list as an honorable mention, as well as last but not least, American Werewolf in London, best yes. werewolf yeah. movie ever. Agreed. I actually forgot. I forgot. I guess I deleted the Ritual off of my list, so let's go ahead and throw that back on there. Yeah, like yeah, ritual. Brandon, what's uh, an honorable mention for you? So for me, uh, I don't know. I don't think many people watch this in our group, at least. But Gretel and Hansel is actually a really good, really good film that came out like two years ago. Where it's it's, like the one with, with Jay Ren, Jeremy Renner, he loves that one. Hansel and Gretel. Is that what you're talking? About? No, 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 he's no. talking about <laughs> no. It's a weird choice. Back that up. Yeah. This is the Jay Ren, and then, like, yeah, they have bows and shit. No, uh, Hansel and Gretel. Very, very good. Uh, Creep. Creep is a good one. Um, Creep's good. And what was the other one? Uh, Take Shelter. Take Shelter is a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. And then Wormwood, which me and Doug were at the film festival for. So I would honestly say like, try and watch Gretel and Hansel. It is, it has not been publicized. It's not like huge, but actually watching the film, it's very dark, very like fairy tale esque, very icky. So it's, it's fantastic, man. And then of course the ritual. Yeah. I I uh I skipped over seven earlier on my list too. I I had seven on mine as well. And oh. some people make an argument about seven not being a horror movie. And but they're I full of shit. That's, a, that's a horror movie. That's people a horror movie. People can be wrong. Wrong. Can be wrong. Uh, what I, I immediately say. What I immediately say. Then Silence <laughs> of the Lambs is in a horror movie. And I think yeah. it's yeah. is equally, if not more so, disturbing than Silence of the Lambs. Especially you get into mm-hmm. Seven Deadly Sins and some of the crime scenes and stuff like that. And then the ultimate twist at the end. What's in the box, man? What's in the box? <laughs> Any anytime that somebody tries to argue the fact that something is not a horror film, in my head, I instantly think, go fuck yourself. It's I, a horror I, film. I, my immediate response is eat my ass. So Dude, yeah. Oh, yeah. if you just started and stopped that title sequence and had none of the other like the rest of the movie, you said yes. what time what type of movie is this? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like, and it's like, it's a top ten film of all time, regardless of genre to me. Yeah, so. yeah. It's a fucking fantastic movie. Bridge, throw us throw us set us home strong with a with one more. Uh probably uh, I've got some mentions. Um I don't it's probably not a very liked one, but I really like the first Saw a lot. Yes. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, I, uh... Actually, it's where I had my first first time I hung out with my wife. 
Like when we oh, were, cool! The first, we, we it's the first time he came. No, no, we were with the no, that's first time. <laughs> I don't, it wasn't happening there. No. First time he came after it, a bus it's stop. It's the first time he <laughs> came. <laughs> yeah. I just don't think yeah. that there's any more iconic thing than uh, that guy cutting his own leg off in the yeah, first film. Yeah. Man, yeah. there's that's, just that's brutal. Yules. But when the first time I seen, I never really seen anything that brutal before. I guess. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a key in there. <laughs> <laughs> when that movie came out, fucking everybody would shut up about the guy cutting his leg off. I, yeah. I knew the end of the movie before I even had a chance to see it. I was like, God damn, guys. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. for real. Uh, a Absolutely. couple more real quick, like Friday the 13th Part 2. Um, actually, one we watched here, uh, Come to Daddy. Well, I guess yeah. it's a thriller, but... That was a really yeah. good fucking movie. Yeah, it's a fun ass movie. Yeah. Speaking of Saw One, uh, I uh, the first time I ever tried to download a movie illegally was that movie, and it was on <laughs> LimeWire, right? And I downloaded it. Just fucking tell everybody out here. Well, I mean, if you're going to go back... FBI is listening. Give us the exact... Well, I mean, statue of limitations. I mean, I was a kid, but, you know, whatever. Anyway. Yeah, I was a kid. I was just fucking hammering on my shelf. Yeah, statutory. So what it downloaded was that scene, Doug, was just the leg scene. I'd like one more mention. Should I get it in now, or... Uh, I don't know. Come back to us. Uh, (laughs) Brandon, you're buffering on us, brother. The hotel said no more, but... I'm going to let Ridge... uh, Go ahead and throw out this other honorable yeah. mention. Uh, well, I can't remember because it's after like Hellraiser 2. I kind of don't really. Yeah. I haven't really stuck around for those, but I remember it wasn't the third one that had CD guy. Remember? I Yeah, I think it is the third one. I don't know. The second seen one might have the best opening sequence of any horror movie ever. Yeah. And Jesus wept. <laughs> the hooks yeah. just yeah. ripping the, the face guy open. apart. I don't know. I've always liked that. Yeah. I don't know. Love them. And Hellraiser in space can't not be mentioned, right? <laughs> you guys, what? Are <laughs> that oh, dude, the, one of the Hellraisers, like, there's the, like it's in space. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah I got well, aren't animals. they technically interdimensional beings? I guess. I technically, mean... yeah. yeah. Fuck off, Josh. They're in space, <laughs> <laughs> and they're not allergic to water. I'm surprised somebody had Event Horizon on their list as well, because that's that's oh, definitely yeah. got Ooh. more of a cult following. Oh, man, in s- sunshine. Guessing Sun- sunshine. Man, my yeah, wife and I talked about Sunshine before we did this, yeah. Classic Space Madness. And a fantastic score. Mm-hmm. Mm. Fantastic mm-hmm. score. Yeah. That's a good one. I was going to say, I only got to do one honorable mention, if I could just pepper two or three in. Uh, yeah. Sorry to bo- sorry to bother you, which you mentioned earlier, absolutely a horror film. You, you like that? <laughs> yeah, I see that's tickling you down there in the little tiny screen. <laughs> 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 uh, Raw. Raw was really good. Oh yeah, um, yes. raw! Oh, oh yes. my god, that's a great I really like about that. Uh, Lamb was really good. Uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil is a great like I don't know. Oh, yeah, movie, I guess that's yes. good. Um, yeah, yeah, just a, a couple other ones I wanted to pepper in before we get out. Hell yeah, hell yeah, good yeah. ones. Yeah, Tucker and Dale versus Evil is actually a, uh, I forgot about that film. I've watched that so many times. Need to have. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I'm gonna be nobody. I'm gonna be Dale for Halloween. That's what I'm going to nice. the, the horror horror trivia night. Hell yes, nice. Yeah, I got my, my giver hat in the mail. We're doing a uh, family themed Stranger Things most recent season. Oh, uh, nice. With the exception of uh, Pam and I are going as the Scoops uh, couple, so Maya Hawk's character and uh, Steve. Mm. 
Yeah, nice, we're, doing, nice. we're doing the scoops from the last season rather than the nice. family video this season. So I would probably go as like a, a VHS tape. <laughs> That's not a bad idea, honestly. Yeah. Speaking like of which, VHS, VHS 99 is coming out here before long, too. Yeah. Right? Like a week or two. Which VHS is another good anthology series that could have dropped, like more recent. And ABC's of Death, which Doug had a submission for back in the day. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And this yeah. for Microwave, still got the poster lingering around here. What is it, 2013? That's what I it believe. was. Co- yep. Yeah. Yep. It's been a while, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you all for your time. It's been a long one, but a good one. Yeah, and, for sure. Uh, really enjoyed been myself. No I had a good time. The time went quick tonight. And I know it's difficult to make things happen. And Brandon already fucking wrapped his shit up. And <laughs> he's he got to get to that cake. Yeah, he's got to get to that cake. He's he's clamoring for some cake. So uh, everybody, be sure to check out. It's just two movies. Danny, you're everywhere, right? You're on hey. Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Yeah, just anywhere you get podcasts or shit. You were on YouTube or you know whatever, whatever, whatever you prefer. Absolutely, Hell yeah. And be sure to check out, of course, Doug search party search party pictures. Excuse me, I can't fucking talk now. No, it's been three hours of me running my mouth. Doug and all the great things that he's doing and Doug, one of the few repeat guests that we've had on. And of course, Doug will be back on again. And Danny, we look forward to having you back on the show again. Hell yeah, too, gentlemen. So for sure. Yeah, I look forward to it, man. Thank you guys for your time and uh look forward to doing some stuff with you guys in the future. We'll see you around, all right? Thanks, all right, guys. And you guys care. have a good one. See ya. All right. All right, we all know the struggle. You ask your friend to watch a movie, they won't watch it. For whatever reason, it's ridiculous, it's an amazing movie, they're going to love it, but they just won't watch it. My name's Daniel King. I host a podcast called It's Just Two Movies. Every week we try to pick one good movie, and then another movie that's got something in common with it that's so bad it's good. Sometimes we hit the mark, sometimes the bad movie is just bad. Uh, But we'll sort through them all for you, and we'll have some drinks and laughs along the way. We also pepper in a little improv comedy just because we have fun doing it. Also, no shortage of dick and fart jokes here, so if that's not your crowd, maybe it wasn't meant to be. Come check us out anywhere podcasts are found, Spotify, Apple Music, Rapsory, iTunes, you know where you know the places. Or check us out on social networks at It's Just Two Movies. All right, cheers. Thank you all for sticking around after the break. Thank you to all of today's participants in making the ATI podcast roundtable discussion of our five favorite horror movies enjoyable. Thank you, Doug Wicker from Search Party Pictures. Thank you, Danny King from It's Just Two Movies. Thank you, Ridge Jackson from Waxing on RJ, as well as the Colts, Killers, and Conspiracies miniseries on the ATI podcast. Thank you, Brandon Stewart of Knob Nard's Closet and Ed Oz Imperius Emporium for your participation today as well. We hope that we brought you guys some movies this week that you can explore this month in spooky season and all things evil this month. And hopefully you'll be stumbling upon something new that you'll enjoy for years to come. For this week, I am Barry Insane on Instagram and Twitter. Be sure to check out what Josh is doing over at Head Skull Knees and Bones Productions. They are doing a lot of cool, fantastic, and exciting stuff, as we mentioned before. Josh recently has been on a run of work with Storm Ruler. They've got new lyrics videos out as well on Napalm Records. And you can find Josh's work featured with a lot of the recent Storm Ruler releases. You can follow Storm Ruler, of course, on Facebook and Instagram, where they're posting up updates on their lyric videos that Josh has produced for them as well. Thank you all. We'll see you all next week. And we're going to have Logan Cole, a St. Louis 
special effects, makeup artists, and mask maker. And we're going to keep mixing things up, bringing you guys the variety that we bring you to the show. And this month being focused in on all things related horror and horror-centric for spooky season. Good night, good luck, and be safe out there. This is Barrett from the ATI Podcast. Each week, Josh and I discuss current events, pop culture, music, TV, movies, politics, sports. Nothing is out of bounds. You can also tune in to learn about rising artists, small businesses, whether it's music, graphic design, filmmaking, or even a brick-and-mortar mom-and-pop shop. We'll be spotlighting folks and their endeavors. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Anchor, or anywhere you enjoy your podcasts. Just search ATI Podcast. We would like to thank you for your continued support. And as always, please stay safe out there.